Welcome to BingeWatchPodcast.com, where we, just like you, love to find a show on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, iTunes, or wherever, and watch it as fast as we can. Music is provided by Fallen to Flux, off of their album, From the Outside Looking In. So welcome to the uh, second series of the BingeWatchPodcast.com uh, podcast. It's a little redundant. Um, pod podcast. Yeah, pod podcast. <laughs> pod so, Piper Cup podcast. That's a good song. I really like that. Thanks. Um, so a little bit of a technical snafu last time. So we're going to do a couple of shows that didn't get recorded because uh, Paul got really drunk and smashed into some equipment right at the end of last week's recording session. <laughs> or so, Brian just got a card that didn't hold enough. <laughs> or, the, yeah, or the card ran out of memory. That may yeah, be either one. One, of, one of those two things. It's valid. Yeah. Got to be smarter than the SD card. Oh, so that uh, tells me where I stand. Um, so we waited too long last time in the podcast to talk about the drinks that we were having, of, of which we will have many, hopefully. And then I, then I had... Uh, all my experimentation getting ready to make these types of drinks this week. I have a little bit of feedback for Ginger. Um, so we're drinking martinis. I think everybody has a martini to go, right? Yep. yep. Yes. So Greg, mm-hmm. who's new to the, this series, has already had a beer, and he's already asleep in his chair. <laughs> so he, uh, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry to wake you up. Sorry to wake you up. Oh, that's all right. Um, so we're drinking martinis. Um, I have, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it. Are these Cosmos? No. Mm, Pomegranate. Sure. Some berry thing and citron vodka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, who uh, stuck with a drink that is befitting him, is drinking a dirty, dirty. martini because yep. he is dirty. That's His right. gaming name used to be Dirty Sanchez, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, What's I that? did too until I just said that. that uh, <laughs> Ginger rolls her eyes. What's that? <laughs> so, I don't even know. Interesting. <laughs> Um, and then Ron, you and uh, uh, Greg are having uh, apple. Your teenies? apple flavored apple teeny. Mm-hmm. Apple teeny. Yeah. Cheers. 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 By the way, do we want to do another round of introductions? We are. We are. So we have Paul. Hey, how's it um, going? The bearded wonder. We have the married couple. It's Ginger after uh, two hours of talking about lesbian sex. Wanted to make sure that everybody knew she was married to Ron. Um, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Ginger and Ron, the married couple. And the new, we have uh, uh, Greg has joined us. He's a co-worker of mine. We always shoot the shit on TV shows at work. Probably a good third of our day. That's a fact. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how we get paid. So Yeah. Well, I don't, these checks keep coming. So every, we're going. Every two weeks. <laughs> hey, I'm in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. Money in a bank. Um, so we are drinking uh, martinis. Um, so some feedback on martinis. So as you know, everybody should know, including everyone that ever listens to this podcast should know. <laughs> which is us. Yeah, yeah, which is all 10 of the people that we've told. Um, that uh, I'm a whiskey drinker. And so I do half and halves. So it's half whiskey. Half, half milk. Half milk. <laughs> I, the only thing I drink are cement mixtures. 
So uh, at work, you know, diet coke these days. And you like have always given me feedback that oh my god, that's so strong and so much alcohol in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, these martinis are double the concentration of alcohol that the half and half drinks that I make are. As you get older, I find that... Your liver deteriorates <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> and your taste buds need more alcohol. So I um, forget I ever said anything. Okay, okay. Yes. So that was the first thing. Because I had, in preparation, I've never, I don't even know that I've had a martini before. You selected martinis this time, right? No, it was you. It was me? Yeah. Why did I say that? We were talking about it. Well, because last week you, you said she brought up... That she makes a mean pomegranate martini. Okay. And use like... I did. Both both. That's, yeah. Yeah, you did. It was in the lost session. That's all you talk about is alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could be and, in these and lost sessions. I cannot deny. <laughs> alcohol and dildos. You've had martinis before, though. Have I? Yeah. Where? Uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico on our uh, snowboarding trip with Michael. We had martinis that trip? Yep. And meth. <laughs> Let's cook. Maybe I, and lots of sex. Yeah, yeah. It with was Mike. All, yeah, with, with, with Mike. That, no, that is true. The lots of sex was true, but it was not with Paul. Um, Paul was not there. It was with Mike. It was with Mike. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't remember that. I remember drinking a lot. I don't remember drinking martinis. We had, we had uh, one of the bars we went to, we had martinis. Oh, is that the when we went with the girls that Mike ended up marrying one? Down yeah. The yeah, I think so. <laughs> We've been drinking all day. That's why I don't remember right, going yeah. to that it, particular... It was just one of the many uh, different drinks you had. Yeah, here's a cheers to the cowgirl bar in Santa Fe, Oh, yes, Mexico. absolutely. Yes. And all the Pabst Blue Ribbon that That's I could right. drink. It's a lesbian bar, too. <laughs> oh, oh, cheers, then. <laughs> okay, so let's... Everybody's going to think I'm a lesbian after these podcasts. Why? You're married to that guy. Ron keeps yeah. on hoping. <laughs> Again, everybody's going to think I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Ron, Ron's a lesbian. He, he loves women, too. So. I do love... Uh, Ron's a very woman-like voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ron has done... It took him a long time to transition and uh, to get his voice that deep. Yeah. So we'll, I want to talk Lots about... hormones. You're the tallest bitch I've ever seen. Yeah. God, growth hormones have worked wonders on you, sir. Yep. Um, that and the Adam's apple insertion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he yeah. said insertion. Uh, you got there before I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> So, um, that we did uh, run out of room, and there was one show I wanted to revisit because I, I think I just finished it. I think it was awesome. So, we'll talk about uh, this show again. The show is on Amazon. It is an Amazon original, and it may be the first one that they've done an entire series on. That's an Amazon original. I may be wrong about that, but is this Bo- is this Bosch? Mm-hmm. So again, it stars, and I have this pulled up here, and I'm again he's, Titus. I don't know how to pronounce his uh, will liver. We liver, will liver. Um, well, li- well, ever, whatever the fuck this guy's name is. <laughs> Titus Cornholio. <laughs> I do like, I do like uh, his first names, uh, you know, after a Shakespeare play. So that's okay. I'll, I'll cut him some slack. So he's an L.A. detective. He's a long-term L.A. detective. He's been on the force about 25 years. He's one of the few old-school guys from back in the day that's made it through the, the very political system and the reinvention of the LAPD, right? So, but he is obsessed with um, with uh, cases, and so that's why I'll, I'll talk a little bit about like why like I'm so attracted to detective shows, um, and but it's particular ones. So, if any of you guys, um, hands up. Uh, can you hear the kids upstairs? Yeah. Is there okay. anything we can do? 
Why, why are they yelling? Tell them to I shut the hell up. <laughs> I mean, I can go up. Just, yeah, just, Ron, just... They're just I mean, it's a couple years late. Stand, but do you mind standing up and just yelling years, at them? Yeah. To shut it's up? A, it's a couple years they, late to I, do much about that. Hey! Put that up there! <laughs> because I, I really do have a no yelling rule in the house, and I don't know what they're doing, but... Do you care. need to go? I'll go take care of it. Do you need to go break out. a switch off the tree? Yeah, and when you go up, tell the girls that they they know that they are not supposed to be yelling like any, any day. Uh-oh. Just She's about more, to go. This sorry. adds more flavor to the podcast. She's well, <laughs> we're going to edit this out. <laughs> oh no, just roll with it. So, um, I don't know if you guys have ever watched, and this is why like detective shows are kind of have a, a big attraction for me. Um, is the kind of person that's attracted to this work. If you have ever watched 48 Hours. Yeah, the show. Yeah, so, yeah, it is a TV show. Not the movie. No, well, the movie too, but it's totally different. (laughs) Whatever. So, the 48 Hours. New sheriff in town, his name is Reggie Harris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It it follows these detectives around, right, for the first two days, because you can't really pin it down to, like, probably who did it in the first 48 hours. There's probably not enough evidence for you to convict down the road. Um, is the obsessiveness that they have about their job. Like, you know, when they do the little character profiles in 48 hours, they're following these detectives around, and they're talking about, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've been in homicide for five years. I've been on the police force for 20 years. You know, I'm on my third marriage because I kind of, I'm kind of married to the job first. And, you know... Um, but the, just the obsessiveness they, that they have about it and the seriousness that they take their job with, that it almost supersedes everything, their own happiness, their own right. family. They just, the, you know, someone has killed someone, and they truly do feel like they're the speaker for the dead on this person. Well, and that's, that's the way they we was talking about the killing last week, yeah. and that's the same way they play the female lead on that show. I mean, she has wrecked everything in her life, yeah. <laughs> but she's not willing to give it up the job for anything so it's a major attractor for these types of shows and this guy's obviously in that vein where he is obsessed with the work he's hasn't seen his daughter in like three years um she lives in she's lived overseas and she's recently back and she's been back and his daughter's maybe 15 and he keeps making plans to go see her and he but he keeps canceling because at the end of the day this case or these cases that he's working on the first season just keep drawing him back and he does eventually make contact and kind of reestablish something. And that becomes the theme of the, the first season, him reestablishing the contact with his, with his young daughter. But he is totally obsessed with this to the point where if anyone even on the force or a policy of the police department um, kind of gets in the way of finding out who's killed these people he's um, investigating their murders, that, and that's how – and it is a little bit like 48 Hours of Beverly Hills Cop where he's always – there's the sergeant that always is yelling. You know, that's kind of a common theme on these shows too. Sure. But um, very, very possessed by the job that they do and, and probably take it more serious than they do anything else in their life to the detriment of their own you know, life experience. So, so what is his, uh, his, as a character, what is he like very gruff? Is he very, does he have a sense of humor? What is he, what is he about? I think he's um, the way he deals with most of this stuff is by being very stoic, right? Holding it all in, and that's why I really like Titus because he's kind of sort of played those roles. I think last week when I was you know initially talking about this, the first time I was ever introduced to him, this is when he was on Deadwood prior to him being one of the baddies on Lost series. He was the man in black. Yeah, the man, Lost, yeah. the man in black. Right. 
the of the two. He J- was Johnny J- Cash. Jacob, Jacob's uh, brother or whatever, half brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what his character name was on there. Yeah, but... I don't know if he had a name. John, uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name was. Mine. I love that song. <laughs> um, so. You know, uh, he, he's very um, stoic about it, but he's still boiling underneath. And this, I think uh, Titus does a really good job in these type of roles where he's just kind of getting through life, getting through his day. But if he's ever poked, he has so much pent-up anger and frustration that you, in very short order, realize that you have effed with the wrong guy. And the first piece of dialogue that I can remember one of his characters talking in um, – Deadwood was with uh, Swearingen. Um, he walks into Swearingen's bar on Deadwood, and uh, Swearingen starts going at him. And Swearingen is the baddie of Deadwood, King Baddie of all right. the bad guys on that show. One he's, of the very, very principal characters. Yeah, he says something to his to uh, Titus's character, and Titus just turns around and goes, "Did you just motherfuck me?" <laughs> and it gets on, like to the point, like it's instantly if something just doesn't diffuse the situation, somebody's going to die. Right. right. So, um, Bosch, the Bosch character is very much like this, um, very much uh, in that in that same vein, and very focused. Now, that is all back tied in with a good storytelling. There's there's a decent cast of characters around it, um, and I, I, I like the cast, the rest of the cast of the show, pretty much. But it's definitely focused in on him. Now, is uh, you said they have one season out there. Yeah, right? one season. I think they just dumped the whole season, just like Netflix has started doing with all their right. original stuff. House of Cards, stuff yeah. like that. And which had the new House of Cards drops here in like a week or two, I think. Yeah, I think it's yeah. next. Uh, I think it's on Friday. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I'm excited. What, what's uh, what's her name? The lead actress in that? Oh, uh, Princess Bride? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robin, <clears throat> Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Not Robin Penwright. No. No, no, no longer Robin Wright. Nor yeah, Robin Thick. She's dropped right. <laughs> Or Alan Thick. <laughs> It's good it's not Robin Thick based Robin, on what I'm about Robin to say. Robin Eggs. <laughs> I'll teach so your grandmother I, to suck eggs. <laughs> so when I was in college, uh, uh, Robin Wright was on Santa Barbara, the mm-hmm. soap opera. And when I uh, we would come back to the frat house. And, and you'd jerk off to her every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Still do, by the way. She's, um, she's aged well. Oh, my gosh. She's she still really such a like beautiful a fine wine. But... Uh, <laughs> She, we would all drink beer at three thirty. I think it's when it came on. When Santa Barbara came on. It was the other. The, the whole premise of Santa Barbara was just a lot of beautiful women and really bad storytelling. But it, it was okay. <laughs> that every soap opera. We overlooked all the bad storytelling. <laughs> right. um, so that was all. Good. Back then, your options in television were very few. Oh, it was yeah. horrible. <laughs> now, Bosch seems to be um, similar to you. You seem to be one that's into the the BBC shows. Um, a lot of the detective shows. You like those badass type of characters. Now, Bosch compared to Luther, for those who've maybe seen the BBC shows, how would you put Bosch in, in comparison with Luther? Well, I think Luther is a much more intellectual approach to his role, um, to the, the the character of Luther, right? Where Luther is intellectual, like figured out, mental puzzle a little bit, a lot of bravery. He doesn't carry a gun because detectives in London... I don't think the entire uh, country of England, I don't think detectives are, are ever armed. I think that's changed in the past, like, five years, though. Yeah. Um, where Bosch actually was a cop who, after 9-11, signed back up and went back into the Army, Special Forces in Iraq, has come back to L.A. And it really, like, if you get in his way or you present a danger to him, and this, again, it's not a, a surprise. Within the first episode, he's in trouble because he will pull his gun and he will kill you. Um 
where Luther is a very like, hey, let's talk about this. Does it make sense what you're doing? I get it. I'm a cop. You're a criminal. You've been caught. And it's very much like a talk you back um, out of what you're doing and take you to jail kind of thing. Back to sanity. Yeah. And obviously, Luther, if you've seen it, I think you have, Luther gets into a lot of trouble that if he had a gun, he could have got himself out of it a little bit easier than the situation he did. Um, but you think you think there'd be a learning lesson in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we've had plenty of conversations about that at work with Luther. I'm not going to hightail your entire conversation here. No, on, that's fine. on Bosch. Well, yeah, Greg definitely has a Luth- uh, Luther <sighs> thing where he's just like, why does he always get himself into that situation? Because <laughs> the writers keep putting me in it. Uh, it just kills writers. me. It's like why why is he put in this situation where he can't do something and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, the storyline is gonna hightail it off to this direction. I feel like Luther is one of those shows that the writing on it, with how cool of a character it is and how much depth he has to his personality, I just felt like Luther was going to be one of those shows that really just I could sink my teeth in. And I don't know, there was something about the the storyline that would always piss me off and I would uh, I would just lay all of my thoughts on Brian the next day at work. Like, why does he keep doing this? Why does he keep getting himself into trouble? He should not want to go hang out with that hooker, but he keeps doing it, whatever it might be. Well, see, and that, that's where you get into... Uh, He's smart but stupid. Well, and you, you think about what uh, the hook of the show is, and you think about uh, the subtext of that. Maybe that's, that's how he gets his Joneses, you know? It's that he... Yeah, maybe he could get a gun, but he knows... Maybe he he knows he can talk his way. Maybe that's part of the thrill of it. I well, mean, and uh, you know, a lot of you, you're used to what you're used to, right? So he probably is used to dif- used to d- dysfunction. And if he's not in that s- scenario as a character, he's going to find trouble. I mean, you know, a lot of people are just built that way. Yeah. Well, and that that's uh, what Greg was talking about about the the frustration factor of every week is like really, uh, if there's too much of that with an audience, then that show won't last because. It's, you know, you have that fine line of plausible. Is it plausible? And it's like, come on. That's what I always tell my lawyer. Is it plausible that I did this? (laughs) I killed that guy five years ago. And you're telling me you just found the body? It's like that whole, which is, I think, a pretty common theme, especially with sitcoms. It's, oh, at the end of the sitcom or at the end of the show, everything's good and it all's all wrapped up tidy and everybody's happy. Well, if you want to watch also, Luther, nothing's ever tight. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's the difference, though, between sitcoms and, yeah. and uh, drama, you know, especially today's serial you know, drama TV series, is that you know, the resolution doesn't, does not come at the end of the, end of the episode. It just rolls into the next one. Well, well that's the whole, yeah, the cliffhanger. I mean, that's the, you know, and that's interesting that because that was built off of, you know, that whole idea that goes back to, you know, back to serials and stuff like that. But. Now Love that we're now, uh, super serial, uh, the whole idea of now it's it's a you can watch it all at once. That you're watching, like say an hour chunk, cliffhanger. Okay, next one. <laughs> you know, and and it doesn't have something that you have the water cooler talk where, oh man, I cannot wait until right. next Friday or whatever because it's like I'll just cue the next one up and what's funny is with a good uh, show you'll typically not look at what's going to come what's something that will happen to this person it's really a, a reflection of what's happened in the past so what was their background what's the story about why are they the way that they are and yeah. I felt with Luther that was a good part of it they were really starting to bring in the what happened to him in the past they start out with that series and you know you have that guy hanging from the ceiling I Spoiler alerts? Do I need to even say it? Well, I would 
I wouldn't do a spoiler alert where you feel like you're going to give away what the season is about or what the show is about. So yeah, because I haven't started watching. If you mess it up for me, man, right. I am just want to make sure if coming I need after to, your uh, Apple Teeny or whatever the hell it is. Paul did kill somebody five years ago. As we just found out. So. But he's buried in your yard, sir. <laughs> His head is sticking out of the ground. How could you miss him? Head buried, head sticking out of the ground. Remember that show, that movie, uh, Motel Hell. Yeah. Yes. It was yeah. only Motel Hell because the the L O didn't work in the Motel Hell O. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That okay. was like a. Are you going uh, with that? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they did. They buried people up to their head in their backyard. Oh, that was kind of like. Well, a that's good. Texas Chainsaw, you know, tickler take on that. Basically. Yeah, it was pretty close to that. But yeah, with a like, they they really do a good job of digging into the past of these characters, and that's what I found with the different series that I've started to to get into on on Netflix. Um, that's really been kind of my main source of it. It's awesome that my uh, father in law has a subscription. I just go ahead and use his user ID and password. God, and, such a mute. Oh, I do. That's wonderful. funny. I do too. <laughs> Your dad's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, going through that, it also makes it funny because whenever you look at this, is a suggested for you. It's like there's this anime sci-fi drama love story it's like how in the hell is that on my queue of what i want to watch because everyone just uses the exact same <laughs> netflix has literally the worst algorithms to suggest stuff to you <laughs> yeah. of anything I, I think there's like uh, uh somebody back there that i went to college with who's incredibly drunk just randomly adding <laughs> stuff to the oh dude should watch this no i shouldn't because none of that makes sense yeah right? i tried to use that uh Hi, I'm Max. Would you like some help, you know, getting suggestions? I tried that like two times and I was like, Max, you're stupid. Who is, who's Max? <laughs> it's this thing that's on the, the main screen uh, that it's basically, it looks at what you've watched before. Max is short for maximum, Paul. It's not Max. Is it? It's called Max, though. On the She's talking about the magazine with the half-naked chicks in it. <laughs> oh, you mean oh, Maxim? Maxim? Mm-hmm. Maxim? May- Maximum. Maybe that's another uh, magazine you're into. It doesn't all go back to that, really. <laughs> it, it, it really does. Oh, guys. <laughs> so, uh, so how, long, how many episodes? Have you burned through the whole season? Yeah, or? no, I watched it all in like a couple days. It's only like 10 episodes. There's just, one, one, there's just one season right now. Oh, right. what about Luther? Is Which it is perfect. more than one? Luther's been on since, I think, 2010. I think there's um, two, two or three seasons? I think it was 2010. Oh, Netflix only has one, of course. Yeah, but they, they've been bouncing around with the, uh, the season. Let me take a look. Well, that's funny because I really... that's I mean, that's quite a stretch, and I've really only came onto my radar within the past year or so. What, Luther? Yeah. Yeah, then that's what I'm saying. There's probably, and if I wanted to, I could rattle off 40 fantastic BBC uh, things for you guys to watch that you've never watched that are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You, it's not on your radar. Well, it's on we, Netflix, it, and it was never, Netflix is never going to suggest it to you. Some of it is on Hulu, but there's so much good stuff out there. Part of the reason we started this podcast and I beat people down with these conversations because I know, like, I know what you like, I know what Greg likes. And I watch a series, yeah, and do. I'm like, "Greg's got to watch this." Or Ron's running. I'm always telling Ron and Ginger. By the way, I'm going to beat you guys down with the series that I have beat you down with before that you still never watched. Don't say it out loud when we get when we get down later in the podcast because you guys will not watch this. You will love it, and I, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Um, <laughs> Is that the name of the podcast? Yeah, I'm going to kill you. Really I'm going to kill you. I'm going to give you sucker <laughs> title. Um, for the for that series. seventeen episodes, by the way, for Luther. So what I was yeah, going to say, three, three seasons, three seasons, seventeen episodes, three seasons. The way that they do the BBC British television with 
a season being five to six, maybe ten at the most episodes is perfect. In America, a season is maybe 22 shows. It's just ridiculous. It's too drawn out. They have to interject a bunch of stupid stuff. Because at the end of the day, it's about dollars, right? They well, it's sure. very regimented to what they can sell, what uh, how they insert ads. I mean, that's why and some shows run at 24 minutes because they know they need to have amount, this amount for ads. Yeah, and, and the worst thing that for one of your favorite shows in the United States is to be, for it to become a hit. Because then season one maybe have been 15 episodes. If it's really, really good, the next is 26 episodes. Right. And but they want to also do it because of you know timing. They want to do one... One section of like twelve or thirteen or whatever in the fall, and then one section of that in the spring too, and then and skip over the you know, the Christmas holidays. People don't watch as much, right? And the, to my knowledge, the first show that did that in my top five forever is The Shield. They started breaking it up right. into this. A season would be two seasons. I think they were kind of forced, if I'm remembering correctly, I may not be, because the, they started bringing in like Glenn Close and a lot of top name actors, and it was a little bit difficult for them to say, hey, can you come shoot with us for 26 weeks? Or however long it would take to shoot a, right. shoot the series. So they would break it up. Um, Forrest Whitaker, Glenn Close. Well, and that's... that's. I the- could probably talk for... 10 days about the shield and its influence on TV. Today. Well, and that, that's the thing uh, with breaking up seasons. I used to hate it. I used to absolutely hate it because I was, I mean, I just got into this and you're going to break for like five weeks or eight <laughs> weeks or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I'm done with you, you know, but now I'm sort of used to it with the shows that I really enjoy. That's sort of a little bit of a litmus test for me is if it breaks and I never come back to it, then yeah. I had no attachment to it. So Plus it allows you to start binging on something else in between. Yeah. And then I find something else, like Brian was saying, there's all these other great series out there that you've never heard of, and you get into that, and then that's, yeah, if you never come back to that other one, or you may come back to it a couple of years down and let it build up a few seasons, and then, okay, now I can get Which into it. Which I do it. all the time. And yeah. I, it, you know, the, so, for some people, I realize that the, the delayed gratification of waiting for three years to watch that thing um, I'm right there with you, Ginger. I'm, I've I've literally been waiting for everybody else to finish their drink, and because Greg was asleep for so long, he's, he's just powering dirty sandwiches. Slow and Paul. steady wins the race. Am I right? There it is. Paul Paul's got like uh, two thirds. FYI, the race the race winner gets to sleep with Paul tonight. So, oh, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> so she's kind of the loser if you think about it. Yes, that's not what she said. <laughs> um, Oh, Paul. <laughs> that was the worst Nikki invitation that I've ever British heard. That British accent was as bad as my Canadian accent last week, which was horrible. Oots a boot, Yeah. So the, 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 the delayed gratification of waiting for a couple of years to have, have something coming on it. And I do go back and forth between, you know, I've bought something on iTunes and I'm watching it whenever an episode becomes available and I'm binge watching something else. But what I was going to say is there's nothing worse when my Netflix, Amazon, Hulu queue is there's nothing there and I haven't, there's nothing on uh, iTunes that I've purchased and the, the fuck am I going to watch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's like a panic. New, How about read a book? Hey, yeah, I was just about to say, hey man, what, That's crack, why crack I a have book. 27 <laughs> volumes of Penthouse. Letters. You got mine Kampf over there. So <laughs> <laughs> you can always bust into that the or the one on the Illuminati. <laughs> William Shakespeare right next to yeah. me. So yeah, should I need to reconfirm with myself that Hitler hated the Jews and gypsies and stuff, <laughs> I will 
reread.com. Open page one. Yep. (laughs) So really why why you started this podcast was for us to give you ideas of what to watch during those times when your queue is empty. Finally, someone figures it out. Well, and that's that's what we talked about last week with... Longmire, Longmire, Longmire. I would have never. I would have never. And I, I knew. I was like, "What did I say last week?" If it was in the lost sessions, I don't know what I said. Um, I would have never you heard were of taking that. notes. Yeah, and I think I threw them away. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you lost them already. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal series. It's in the, and and AMC. What AMC and all this stuff is. I think at the end of the day, it's going to bite them in the ass, just like HBO's been bitten in the ass by creating this thing that's totally hit driven right right not like hey how can we build a, a, a great audience that watches this Sunday through Sunday just concentrate but, on the content the quality the, of the content right and it, it, we got to make hits yeah. everything has to be the Walking Dead or we can't show it everything with HBO has has to be the sopranos you think and so yeah HBO has run out so many horrible shows yeah. trying to like luck there was just an article read, uh, written last week about how horrible luck was, and all it was Dustin Hoffman gambling stuff. But it, what it was is they thought they could bring together great cast, great writers, and blah blah blah, and make a show, and it was absolute shit. And and I saw the preview, and I was like, "That's absolute shit." No one watched it. it was canceled like halfway through the first season because what they're trying to do is make another hit rather than going out and like, how do we create good content? That maybe finds an audience, right? Well, and that's why I always come back to um, to The Walking Dead. For me, it's had its ups and downs, and we talked about that last week. But with you take this graphic novel series that is really compelling, and then that's you know that's the basis, and they weave in and out of way they follow the storyline from the comics. But then you take a guy like Frank Darabont, uh, that's his name, right? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Director, he was the one who helmed uh, the the first uh, the first season of Walking Dead. Okay. The first season, right, yeah. and I think his first two seasons, and is really compelling. Then it's sort of uh, a little bit. Well, then it, now the, it's getting better again. Yeah, that's so. one of the first season, and I've gone back and rewatched the first season probably three times. Yeah, it's so compelling because the emotional content is so strong. Yeah, the whole way, the whole way through. Yeah, and what they've struggled since that um, is to. Everybody then, season three, to a person I know that really likes that show and is like a super fan, is like, why did it go so soap opery slash slasher flick? You yeah. know, why did, it, why did it take away from the reason that we were into those characters in the first place? There's a hard cut when he leaves the show. I didn't know what his name was, but it's obvious. Frank Darabont, I think that's his name. Um, then it goes from, listen, this isn't a character-driven thing. And I think they've tried to rotate back They've gotten enough feedback and, and stuff to rotate back to. It has, has to be character-driven. It has to be compelling. And it just can't be like how many zombies can we kill uh, or people on one particular episode. Well, and uh, I think that was part of it, listening to The Talking Dead, which comes on right after it, is that I think last season is when they brought in a new showrunner. And as someone that had had worked on the show, but he was in sort of put in creative charge. And that makes a huge amount of difference as who is guiding the ship. Well, I think the whole showrunner concept, and, and I really feel like that's a new concept that maybe is come back full circle because it used to be by committee. When that, like That's why Sons of Anarchy was so true to its, its vision. And I think such a good show in the end, although the last episode was a little weird. Yeah. Um, 
He just had one dude. Okay, one guy. Every script, everything said this is the way it was, and was willing to anytime in one of the corporate. And he does a fantastic. I think it's lightning outside. Yeah. He does a fantastic um, YouTube podcast for his own show every week. Whoa. There, there we go. February lightning. Yeah. Welcome to Texas. Uh, Thunder snow. Yeah. <laughs> right. The guy on the Weather Channel. That dude. Did you see him freak out last week? He no. he was uh doing it's. The guy who's been on the Weather Channel forever, he's like the icon of the channel, and he is like super excitable. <laughs> and the st- thunder snow is just a recent thing. I guess it's the phenomenon has been around forever, but it's something that they've pushed. Thunder snow is on the way, you know that type of thing. And it so he was cool. out. He was out. Uh, you know, live where they stick them out in freezing fucking weather and say, okay, I'm going to talk to you for 10 minutes. You just go. And he's out there and it's snowing and then boom, right? And he's like, thunder snow, did you see that? And he starts doing cartwheels and all this crazy shit. And it happened three times and each time it lightning. Well, yeah, he freaked double out. Rainbow, double rainbow, double <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> yes, exactly. 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 So. so I think the showrunner in, in him um, being like, there's no one that can override him. The artistic vision is what yeah. drives the show. And he, on his podcast, would basically every week come out and just rail on the executives. And like, fuck them. They're not messing with my show. This is what the show's about. This is how the show's going to be constructed. This is what we're going to do, X, Y, and Z. And everybody else can go to hell. Even the audience, because he's like, I have a long-term vision and what I'm trying to get accomplished. And that's something I really admire. And I do think that going forward, probably having a pure showrunner is is the way to go for a lot of this stuff and, well, and avoid like we got to make a hit we got to make a hit we got to make a hit well especially in the case with uh sons of anarchy is that he built up over the years because he's been a writer on several shows several very i think he was even on the shield as well so he was on the shield so he was basically he built alcoholic. he built he built up his a homeless Got given. Uh, he wrote a couple of shows for what was the political show that um, uh, um, uh, West, West Wing? Wing. West Wing. Yeah. So he wrote a couple of episodes of West Wing, and they're like, "This guy's brilliant." And so he got a he got he got became one of the cast of characters in the writing room. Yeah. For the Shield, and a year later, he's the only guy writing the Shield, right? And so then he's become he's gone on to do Sons of Anarchy as a new show that's set in the medieval times. It's he's working on. Again, like I said earlier, I could talk for 10 days on how influential the S.H.I.E.L.D. show and the system and the actors for TV that have come out of that. Um, well, he built up, and then that's to go back to what you were saying about a strong showrunner, is that he built up the creative capital and the political capital because it's a political system in Hollywood right. and in TV and And have film. the balls to and, stand behind and, and Yeah, and he is like hard as nails. And yeah. so it's hard, you know, when you have a very forceful, personality that brings success you know if you're a jerk but you're successful people will let you be a jerk not, not me personally man. maybe uh <laughs> but he brings as soon as he you know it depends on if he stumbles you know when the wolves come out and that happens in hollywood so right. all right so is it drink 30 half past indeed, right. indeed sir so uh how, how long did we uh run that that's about 35 minutes that's not that's bad not bad okay there it cool. is
we're back. So who's going to go next? Um, I are have. We, are we, are we doing the? Uh, are we recapping lost uh, appeal sessions? Do you, from, so you want to do Archer? Time? Sure. Which you're still going to be unable to talk into. Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's do let's do a recap, and then I, I have some stuff to talk okay, about. Okay. So we'll go. So. All right. La- all right. Last time we missed because Brian, we, the the part that we did capture was Brian's initial talking about Orphan Black, which is what I was going to talk. Well, about. Well, we got an hour and almost two hours of audio last time. Right. But we missed a lot when we came around to me. I was like, "Oh crap!" I was going to. So, did about you want to do Black. Archer? Or do you want to do something else? No, no, no. I'll, I'll, we'll recap Archer. And then you don't we'll... have to. Yeah, it's not. It's no long. No, it's, what, it's whatever Ron Shockley wants to do. All right, I'm just. This gonna... is the Get only pressure. day of 365 days that Ginger's going to let you do what you want to do. Sweet. I don't know about that. <laughs> she she is sitting right, literally next to me. <laughs> she pinched my inside thigh. Yeah. Okay. Actually, welcome. Back actually, to... I kind of like that. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we do have new martinis. Um, Ginger has um, uh, chosen to up the alcohol level in the martinis because they weren't up to her normal Cheers. drink. We just got a little creative. Yeah, I actually still have the same martini because I didn't put ice in it, and it was wicked strong. So I was like, <laughs> four cubes of ice, please. Paul is still dirty. Yes. Mr. Sanchez. So uh, we're going to shift over to Ron. Ron's going to... Recreate a little bit of the Lost Peel sessions from the last go round. Yeah, last week uh, the last segment when I came around to me that we that didn't record was um, my suggestion or what I've started watching recently that I've been binging on Netflix while my wife, lovely wife, is has fallen asleep at night, which is that, about eight thirty. <laughs> okay, maybe nine. Hence, 30, but one of your a little, give her a little credit. Eight forty-five. One of your yeah. mini nicknames is Meemaw because you fall asleep at. Instead of standard of Greenwich time, it's standard you and eight year olds go to sleep at the same time. Hold on, time. hold on, hold on. Let me take a survey here of everyone who gets up at five fifteen. Well, I, I hear anybody? A, anybody? No. <laughs> liar. He's a liar. I'm up at five thirty every morning. You're an insomniac. You are full of crap every morning. But that's not five fifteen. That's right. That's not five fifteen, sir. Right. Oh, it's an extra fifteen minutes. <laughs> it makes all the difference D- in rim D- sleep. Desiree's got to be on the bus at six thirty. Yeah. She knows how to cook. Okay, never mind. Mm-mm. And I probably generally go to bed about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm old and but but you're famous now. for living on whatever four hours of sleep a night on the edge. That's right. Famous for living on the edge. Yep. Candle burns. Me and Bill Murray, The Razor's Edge. Yeah. <laughs> that was not not such a good movie. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think I watched that one time and I was like, hey, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, all right, fine. When's it gonna be funny? Yeah, no, not that kind of movie. Anyway, my um, uh, series that I discussed last week was that I've been watching is Archer, the uh, animated uh, James Bond spoof, uh, which is animated so... stands for cartoon. Well, but yes, of course. Uh, because it is so, so inappropriate. Uh, no, You ain't kidding, man. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew about the show, and I, after Ron talked about it, I, uh, I watched like three episodes back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, I kept on looking upstairs to make sure the kids were <laughs> It is pretty foul. <laughs> and I love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what makes it funny. Is it's just so over the top, uh, you know, outrageous and, and, uh, and dirty at times that it's, that it's funny. Uh, Archer is a, um, a James Bond spy and works for an organization. And the organization is run by, of course, his mother. So there's the built-in. As all spy organizations are. Right. There, there's the built-in mommy issues right there, you know. And uh, 
like one of the only episodes you watch, like in the second episode, I think their first or second episode is when his mom is cutting him, his, his expense account is run up too high. And yeah. And Archer, Ron didn't mention that Archer is a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's not, a, he's not Maxwell smart idiot, but he's, yeah, no. he's very self-centered. He's like, he's like super good at like, you know, weapons and, you yeah. know, he's a good spy, but he's just really dumb. Also. So he's like an idiot savant killer. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> And so he's, you know, you know that, and then of course he has the, the whole, all the whole spy organization. Everybody from the uh, HR director there at the, uh, and and it's funny now too. The the uh, spy agency is called ISIS. I know. I noticed that. ISIS. I noticed that, and because the first episode they had that that control room, the ISIS. I was like, no wonder they keep calling it ISIL on the political scene. Right. We can't call it. They don't want to offend the makers of Archer. Right. Yeah. Well, it's be associated with Archer. Copyright infringement. You owe me five dollars every time you say ISIS, ISIS, ISIS. We're talking about Egypt. Can we can say that? So Fox News and MBNC or whatever the other stupid news shows like. Ten thousand dollars a day in debt to the Archer. Yeah, it's like, jeez. <laughs> but Archer's funny because he bungles his way through everything, and it's all about—he's such a narcissist. It's all about him, and uh, you know, if nobody's paying attention to him, or it's not about him, then then you know, it's 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 messed up, or he's whining and complaining about it. And then the the agency, the uh, HR director, is so inappropriate. And of course, it's funny because my wife is in HR. Is that she's this you know kind of sex crazed. Uh, Your H- wife, HR woman. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> but the uh, just no H- wonder she drinks just, so much. Just HR in general, <laughs> right? Just HR in general. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> the callback. <laughs> and then his uh, one of his ex girlfriends is one of the other agents. You know, who's played by um, uh, Aisha Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she does the voice of her. And the character, if you look at her, you know, she's very modeled for, you know, after her, which is funny. Archer's mom reminds me of the mom on, um, what was that show that just got back, brought back to Netflix? It was Arrested Development. Yes. Yeah, well, you know why? Is it the same? She's voiced by her. Oh, it's the same. Okay. Yes. I was like, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's practically the same character. Yes. That's why. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the uh, Arrested Development mother. Is the vo- is the voice of his mother? Yeah. Uh, I need to go back and watch Rose's 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 uh, I haven't no seen it since oh, the very yeah, first time. Genius, yeah. genius yeah. show. We need to do a whole segment sometime. Well, and they they uh, Arrested Development runs twenty four minutes an episode, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, thirty, it's very it's 30 minute show. Yeah, yeah, and I love shows like that. It. I'll time it. When I, I, I love shows that are in thirty under thirty minutes because you can. You can watch like forty of them, <laughs> and it's it, and they it, you make can forty really, of them. You can really, you can really burn through a lot of a lot of content like that. FYI, okay. these martinis that Ginger has made are wicked strong, <laughs> wicked <Yeah>. strong. <laughs> but they and I'm good. Yeah, they're GUD good though. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, Archer's funny. You check it out. It's uh, it's worth uh, and and since they're thirty minutes, you like you said, just said they're. You know, 20, 20, whatever, 22 minute episodes, you can just burn through them. And, well, especially with comedy stuff, you know, The Office, <clears throat> Parks and Recreation, which we talked a little bit about last week. Right. That's all runs in that under 30 community. Slot. The community. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect. I mean, it's perfect if you want, you only have, you know, under 30 minutes to, you can have a little bite, you can watch a whole bunch of them you want, and you're not committed to, I got to watch an hour and a half show. Jesus Christ. Do yeah. I want to do that? You know, that type of thing. For me, the difficulty, the thing I struggle with those shows is like the, the, 
the first couple of times you see Gallagher smash a watermelon, <laughs> it's funny. The 30th time you see Gallagher, no matter how big the watermelon is or how many... Or how giant the hammer is. hammer is or how many things, the, how many pie tins are around the watermelon and how much splashes on the audience, like it loses its appeal. And I re- that's, that's the thing I find as I get older, as Ginger was saying earlier, that we're all getting very old. You get jaded. Um, well, yeah. it's just that, that, that I can't... The, what was funny in episode one through five... They're repeating again and again, and then I just lose interest. Well, and that's what I—I uh, I think we talked about that a little bit last time—is that that's what I like about The Office because I never really watched it when it was on TV. I only watched it when it came to Netflix in its entirety, and I blew through it. Yeah. And it Ow. has this—it—it it has that was a great sound. I think it was It was. It was. It was spent twenty-five dollars coming with that. Sound. It was. <laughs> it was. It was Thunder Bear. Maybe your, your tagline whenever you, you sell that. Yeah. Welcome, it's, Paul. To the show. Oh, speaking of. Oh, good. Speaking, we all have sounds. Oh, speaking. Speaking of that, uh, I took Nicholas uh, last night to. Uh, Monster Jam 2015 oh. at the AT&T Stadium <laughs> and it's Monster Truck Rally basically oh, you know yes. I thought when you said I thought you were talking about the old rock concerts was no. that Monster Jam too yeah. as well um, or was that wrestling I think it was Monsters of Rock wasn't it oh, uh, something like that so anyway I'm it was I'm judging you right now by the way it was I'm envying you it was a super fun time and you cannot describe the amount of wildlife <laughs> that you get to see. We, we went. To, we went to that the, had to been the best part of it, dude, especially because you know, with I'm I'm a I'm an animator, so I like watching people. We went to the pit party before, where they have all the tr- monster trucks he and they have be a, judged. Oh, yes. and it continues. Yeah, it it only it better. was it was fabulous to see just the breadth of humanity <laughs> out there and so we uh, but it was fun it was super yeah. fun you get to see these gigantic vehicles with 15,000 horsepower and these huge tires I'm sure your kid was like that's badass you see that thing crush that other thing well and it it was it, when we actually went to it we had if you were smart you wore earplugs because it is super Super duper loud. What, what, what this was, was in uh, Cowboy Stadium, what, was it? This was the AT and T Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm so, sure by what you just said, you did not wear earplugs. I most certainly did. I tried. I tried popping one out a little bit. I was like, it sounded Holy. like giant metal bees. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was, and it was just nonstop. And it was. It was really entertaining. It was. It has a lot. How of How many a, people had teeth? Oh. I, I think there was the place was packed, and there was probably about was eight. What was the number of teeth guy. per capita? It's like I have most of my teeth, <laughs> and then and teeth per capita was running about eight per. <laughs> I bet they had like after the fact they had like a swap meet. Like oh, see one that one you're missing. I got that one. Zink, zink. Well, I got an extra here. Well, and, 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 it, and it's it's one of those things that appeals. Swap meet. <laughs> it's my damn church. Hey, John boy. Teeth the, swap. Well, and then, you know, there was plenty of that, but there's, I mean, it's like going to a hockey game. It's like going to NASCAR. You see a certain type of thing oh, that I you expect. You NASCAR stories. <laughs> you, <laughs> and see, that's the funny thing is because it was really entertainment. And, and I mean, it's like wrestling, you know, it's like, who watches that? Everybody. A lot of people watch wrestling. And it's really, they built in the entertainment. And those vehicles are they tear stuff up, and they tear their own vehicles up. Wheels popping you need to off. Take sweet pickles out there. Sweet pickles. <laughs> sweet pickles truck. Yeah. So Ron <laughs> has a it. what is it? Is it Durango? Like a I what have, year is that? I have a '98 Dodge Durango. 
that it it it, it uh, it's like ten feet off the ground. Oh no, it's and we used to call it the sweet pickles <laughs> truck after the sweet pickles fan. It has big bigger Durango tires on it than a normal Durango. Yes, but yeah, it's not that your high. your Durango would look like a little tiny oh, wee baby look, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> next nothing. to those things. Do you remember? Uh, you do you know? Did you know Norm? Yeah, friend Norm. Yeah, see he, him and his family are stupid. I mean, obviously they get that wrestling is fake, but they him and his kids love going for the same reason you're saying you went. To, to that it's just like to see a bunch of it's the freak show yeah so when the well, car, it's, like, it's like the state fair yeah when the cars got crushed so your son was probably just like oh my gosh yeah well, were you like oh the insurance payment oh. <laughs> no and see and that's the funny thing is that you know like Brian said he's just a little kid so he thought that was the best thing in the world he yeah. thought that was the best thing in the world and the crowd really gets into it. They have oh, yeah. during the freestyle competition, <laughs> you know, they have the races where they, the two, they run them in heats where the two, each of two vehicle, they pick two and they race around jumping shit and all this stuff. And it's a speed race, speed competition. And they, you know, they break it down like that. And then they have a freestyle competition. That's when they start tearing shit up. And that was the, they have, they pick a panel of judges and they look about like what you expect from the audience and they have to hold up scorecards. And the how audience many, how got... Many the, how many of them had on Daisy Dukes? Um, I, they were seated, so I don't know. But so I'm a suspecting... How many of the men had I think on Daisy I'm suspecting, yeah, I'm suspecting yeah. all of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> how, many, how many beer helmets did you see? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. There's, you can never have too many beer helmets. But see, that's the thing is that... Um, you know, everybody has their favorites. They have Grave Digger out there. They have, uh, um, they have all this, uh, this type of stuff that people have their fan favorites. And some, one of the audience judges gives somebody a low score. And this one dude stood up and said, he's ruining for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Say, you take that score back. You know, that one, right. And it's like, Nicholas looked at me and we looked at each other. I was like, Humanity. That's right. <laughs> so my only question to you, Paul, is which show is this related to? <laughs> it's but see, we was talking, we was, ta- we was talking about. Uh, uh, no, you don't have to explain yourself. That makes it not. But funny. the the best thing was in the parking lot afterwards. You know, it's it's a pandemonium. People trying to get out because there's a ton of people there. They filled that stadium up. So we're sitting there. Me and Nicholas are sitting there. We're just Probably waiting. the best thing for humanity at that time would have been a meteorite to come out of the sky <laughs> and blow up AT&T if you want to get a, snow. If you want to get a whole bunch of, rid, of, rid of a whole bunch of white people. The name of this uh, series is Thunder Snow, by the way. So, right. so, so, we're, a, yeah, set, so, so we're sitting there waiting, and people are getting impatient. You know, they're cranky. They had, you know, drinking their tall boy Miller Lights There's at the stadium. Parking lot fights like I oh, would not believe. And we nearly, we nearly witnessed one right in front of us. This guy is sitting here. We're all queued up waiting. And there, in the main line, there's a Toyota 4Runner. And By the way, the only guy I hate worse than that guy is this guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so anyway, um, he was, wasn't going to let this guy in front of him zipper in. And the guy right over here to our right, he's sitting here. He looks like he's in his mid-50s smoking a cigarette. And I happen to be looking right at him because we're just sitting there. And he sees this guy not going to let this other dude in. And he said, oh, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> and he spiked, he spiked that cigarette out of his car window. And he hopped up out of his vehicle and stormed over to this dude in this pickup. 
And he said, you're going to let that motherfucker in. And the guy said, you're not my father, sir. Why don't you get back in your car? I'll kick your ass. And, and me and Nicholas, Nicholas looked at me. He said, are they going to fight? <laughs> and I was, I was like, like, oh, I hope so. I was, like, I was like, this is the best seat in the house. <laughs> so anyway, the, the so this dude, this dude calms down and gets back in his car. But the nice thing was, this dude was torqued up. I mean, I was like, I hope nobody has a gun. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's, he's looked at me and said, go ahead and pull in front of me. At least I'll be nice or something to that effect and I was like no you go ahead (laughs) this story had a very good ending you know why hillbillies can't do the zipper thing with their cars right they don't understand it because everything they have is velcro nice (laughs) velcro shoes so um, who has the next show that they want to talk about I do you do you have a show yeah it better uh, be a good show well it's uh, prepared Greg has been waiting and then we Whoa, come here to make fun of somebody who brings out a terrible I love that he has a notepad. I, I, I have a notepad. He has a he's an analyst. I had white tested, legal pad in front of him. And he's very analytical. In I didn't know how intense this was going to be. And so I need Not to so much. get my notes ready to go. <laughs> so uh, the show that it's actually a pilot, uh, The Man in the High Castle. Yep. And based on? Is based on the Philip K. Dick novel. Yep. Uh, it's... A novelette, I would say, uh, more than anything. It's it's only about like 150 pages, something like that. Um, so, is there like I know like there's a like there's an is novel novelette. I know novella. There's is novelette like there's a pamphlet. Yeah, it's a it's a novella. Yeah, I guess that. Well, it's <laughs> is that the masculine I think it's <laughs> or, is feminine. It, or what is that? Uh, so, if it ends in an A, it's uh, feminine. Oh, it, it, novella, novella is feminine. Novella. So maybe it was a novello. Novello. Hello. So uh, anyway, it's on Amazon Prime, and they just did a pilot for it. And the series is going to be picked up. Um, one of the executive producers, Ridley Scott, of yeah. course, who did Blade, directed Blade Runner. Um, so he, you know, which is another based off of another Philip K. Dick uh, property. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Um, and it was really, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's a pilot, so they started in the middle of the action. And, you know, they, I'd read the story a while back, the original story a while back, and it, there's a lot of internal sort of dialogue that goes on with the characters as well as external. Um, but, they, you know, they sort of have parsed it into making it, you know, worthy of a series. And I, I did some research online. They had talked about it being a miniseries, like a four-episode miniseries. And I don't know if that's changed or not. I don't know if anybody's heard if it's... Because it's now it's going to be picked up sometime this year as a well, full series. They announced, yeah, and I've seen it too. They, they announced it last week that it gotten picked up that, and I can't remember the other title. So they did. So let's take a step back if we can. So what Amazon has done is uh, they 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 that, that was very business like, by the way. Can we yeah. take a, let's take a step back. Some and Greg's going to write down all of our action items when we're done. <laughs> got it, guys. Yeah, I got notes yeah. for the meeting. Don't worry. Yeah. Be sure to include the word paradigm somewhere. Paradigm and um, P A R A D I M E paradigm. No paradigm. <laughs> paradigm. Pair of dimes. Got it. Got it. Okay? I'll put this on the whiteboard later. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Take a picture. What we always do in our meetings is take a picture of the whiteboard, right. and then somebody goes back to their desk. Right. So Jesus. what Amazon did is they basically went out and made ten pilots, and I want to say like of the pilots that they made, I did watch Man in the High Castle. It was probably in the middle of the road for me. There was a couple others that I really wish they would have picked up. Right. 
Um, but I think it's a cool concept. And every one of these had like big name executive producers and directors yes. and writers based on some high concept stuff. And I'm kind of working my way through those 10. Right. I think Man in the High Castle was maybe the third or fourth one I watched. Right. So I'm a big fan. And, and for the premise, that's, it's, an alternative, it's an alternative history if Germany and Japan would have won World War II. Right. And they split up the United States and... It's twenty years. It's set twenty years after the war, right? Uh, and and you it's know, like in nineteen sixty-five or something. Like yeah. So it's and the landscape is very, you know, as you expect, very different. It's uh, you know the look of it. I know that they, you know, they do like you said. They did these pilots. They're like test balloons. You know, they're 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 testing the waters to see what kind of feedback. Apparently, it tested, and it was really well received on the pilot. So, because um, Brian was talking about, they had ordered, um, Amazon ordered five original series, including Man in the High Castle, Mad Dogs, and some others. Um, the thing that sort of jumped out at me when watching uh, Man in the High Castle was the production values I thought were really nice. Um, I don't know if I could watch a whole series of Sepia Tone. Uh, I think they oh, could, was it in CPT? Well, it was you know uh, it was very it, it had, very indicative of uh, like Oh Brother or Out Thou like yeah. that that oh, every, yeah. you know they've run it through a like a filter through, yeah right well yeah. it's not a filter they've just dumped it into a computer and said do thus and such yeah yeah it's very uh, it has a very processed look and I th- I think it I think the production values are really good on it but I it was like I was sitting there watching and I was like I don't know if I could watch a whole series of this. Um, but the thing that sort of jumped out to me was uh, this one shot late. It was near the end of the, the pilot uh, when the uh, Juliana, the, the lead actress, uh, lead character in it, um, she's in a, in a cafe, a small town cafe. And they cut, they cut to a shot of, uh, maybe Brian caught it, of this guy who was folding an origami unicorn. And yeah. set it on desk, and out of media, it was like Blade Runner, right. you know, because that was a tie-in, and of course, you know, Ridley Scott. And then I, something that we can maybe delve in as a, like a little side thing later to talk about, because there's a lot of stuff talking about the sim- symbology of the unicorn in the Blade Runner films, right. and there's you know what it means, uh, who's a, rec- a replicant, and stuff like that. I won't go into that too much, but I thought that you know, because everything that you put into a show or a book. If you're a a good craftsman, if you draw attention to it, it means something. There's right. there's definite meaning. And was it just a nod to Ridley Scott, or does it have a deeper link? Well, I would think I would think on number one, he's the producer, right? So it is a nod. But I think that, yeah. not that it's going to be an overwhelming thing. But if you've read the Philip K. Dick books, I mean, that's why they're so short because everything in there is really meaningful. There's not a lot of fluff in those. And that's yeah. why they they make, in my opinion, make really good movies because. There's not a, there's not a lot of fluff to like oh they cut this and that out and no they just make the book right and that kind of makes a pretty good movie so Amazon pilot um, thing like uh, I was the other thing I was going to bring up is Bosch was actually greenlit from their second season oh okay and that's how that got started on Amazon what I wish they would have picked up is the after which I, I you guys watched that first episode of the after yeah and if you like Walking Dead if you like Z Nation that kind of stuff the after I think had a really interesting hook, and then at the in the end, right at the end of that show, it's like, what 
the hell just happened? I don't understand. Like is the last, a, is it a zombie apocalypse type of thing? You don't know. Oh, you don't know. You don't know what the. It is an apocalypse, and the shit is at the fan, and everything's right. going to hell in a handbasket. And then something happens right at the end, and this is like this for me would have been a huge hook for at least three or four episodes to see where they were going. Right in the last fifteen seconds of the show, something happens that you go, "What?" Was that about? No. And then it's and it didn't get greenlit, so no one knows. Did, now, did it? Did you say what in a in a? It was it in a positive way, like man, I need to know more, or is it like what the? It was a little bit of both. It was like a fifty fifty, like that, like a, was like a WTA, WTF, and, uh, <laughs> and a, like maybe, yeah. now I know I want to understand what's going on. Yeah, but it was an apocalyptic thing, and it was like again, and we talked about this a little bit for Orphan Black. Uh, Episodes of the you don't really know stuff that the character doesn't know, and so things seem weird until they're unveiled to you. Yeah. Oh, and uh, off of uh, I gave Orphan Black another shot, and I found it more compelling watching the first episode again. Now that we talked about it a little bit, and uh, like I think last week somebody said. Uh, be careful spoilers is like and somebody said well it happens like the first four seconds <laughs> you know when you <laughs> yeah. go and then that made me think about you know the thinking about the the unicorn tie-in with blade runner and a uh, man in a high castle and then you look at the credit uh the uh the intro for the sh- uh the shows now they tell you so much and i mm-hmm. watched the intro for orphan black and you look at the the visuals you look at the DNA strands right. and the replicated images and stuff. And it's hard. It's like they're telling you what is right. happening. This it's is about dumb. clones, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly. You said that the other day to me. I think you were text. You texted that to me. Like, yeah. Now that yeah. I watch it, the opening tells you everything we talked about. Yeah. That's exactly what Ron said in the last podcast, which I was listening to earlier today. Oh, okay. But if you watch that intro, it's all there. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, this is about clones. Tell, now do me some good storytelling. So, and acting. Paul, what you're telling me is that because of listening to this podcast, you went back and it was better the next time that you watched it. Well, just um, exactly. just from recording it because I hadn't because if when Brian's not busy losing some of our our, our audio, uh, these are going to be <laughs> these files will be an infamy. Yeah, but that that and the that was the files. that was the because I did uh, notate a lot of these shows like Bosch that we was ta- we talked about last time. And it's, it's stuff, like I mentioned list. in the last set, if it's stuff, there's so much stuff available out there. If I didn't hear from people that I know have good taste in shows, I would never hear this stuff. That's what half of the shows that I've been starting to watch on Netflix are. It's this guy over to my left here. Brian's been telling me about, you needed to start taking a look at these these BBC shows. And I went with the easiest one with Sherlock and going and taking a look at, you know... How, how that show is, and I, you know, Ben uh, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I knew about him, and I knew, you know, <gasps> I, knew, I, was like, I looked over at Casey, did that, Ron did that last week, so I was like, here it comes, here comes the joke train. <laughs> so I already knew he was a stellar actor, and I wanted to see a little bit more of his work, so that was an easy one to get into, but then. You started telling me about Luther. You started telling me about you know some of the other shows that were coming out of the BBC, and you know that that just was. I needed someone to kind of get me off of just following the trend of you know Lost or whatever the most popular ones are from the mainstream media. So well, and you, and you look at uh, you look at shows uh, that from a while back, like you talk about The Sopranos, you talk about The Wire, shows that sort of 
when before those came on, people were like, "Man, right. when those came on, there's like, wow, these are really well produced." Yeah, they were shows. Kind of groundbreakers. Yeah. Very, very groundbreaking type of shows. And now everybody's looking. Content is king, right? So everybody is looking for. And Brian, you said that just a little while ago. But is also, that everybody con- is putting them out now. Yeah, least, I mean, uh, uh, History Channel. Everybody's doing series. And, yeah, everybody's doing it now. Yeah. It's well, and it's like in in my industry, FX. everybody, um, Pixar had a phenomenal run of hit movies, and then everybody in the world wants to make animated films. It's like, this is the way to profit. Yeah. And then everybody Enjoy. gets in, and then all these movies come tumbling out, and they spend <coughs> either way too much money on them. You know, you're talking 100 million plus budgets, which is way too much for a movie. And they don't spend as much time caring for the script and just working on it like a four-year production cycle. They spend like a two-year production cycle or three-year or something like that. And eight and, days just to write it, and then they got to start Yeah, <laughs> everything well, else immediately. Well, and that's that's the whole thing is that... It seems a little top-heavy. I, I, th- I think you're going to see the same thing like what Ginger was talking about is that everybody's getting into the game and only the... You could have a whole bunch of good shows and... Everybody will miss it, and they may only catch it on Hulu or Netflix or stuff years down the road. So all these companies and corporations are investing so much capital in shows that they may not get a return on, and that will stop once people once it bites them in the ass. If they can't realize, you know, it's like a long tail effect. If they can't realize their profit from it quickly enough, they won't do it anymore. Yeah, and that's why I feel like right now is kind of the golden age of episodic TV. Yeah. Because you did have all the proving shows happen, that, uh, and now you've still got a lot of the big ones. Like everybody wants to be the next Walking Dead, right? Right. Um, that Netflix has spent a ton of money, um, and I can't remember the amount of money that they spent. Five on, billion dollars on Marco Polo alone. Oh, not on that alone, but they they're yeah, investing it's a ton now. Of money. Marco Polo, which is a really good show, Genghis Khan. It's his descendants. It's the Mongolian Empire. Do a couple of hours on that. Um, but it's kind of the golden age where there's all this con- really good stuff being put out and right. to establish like who's going to rule the roost. And I think that you're early, early people in, like always, like who, whoever talks about like, oh, have you seen What's It's Nuts on HBO anymore? Because all the other good stuff is kind of rotated away from that. Yeah. And then now HBO is playing catch up to AMC, the History Channel, Netflix, Amazon where all this good content's coming out, and HBO wishes they had their hands around all that, and they make shows like Luck that are, that are terrible, and they don't, they don't work out. But even if you, have, you make a really good show, it could be like a critical success, but it might not find the demographic it needs because there is so much content. People are like... Which I hope that continues to happen. So what like a- Long Mire and shows like that can be picked uh, up. I admire it. Long Mir, <laughs> Long Mire, and shows that like AMC isn't willing to back because it's not the next yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah, and Netflix can come in, like with the Killing. Netflix came in and finished that off. Um, I continue to hope that. I, so I want to take like I like the Man in the High Tower, and I want to suggest why I like it versus I love Philip K. Dick, I love the story and all that stuff. So I'm a huge fan of uh, alternative history. Right. So if you've ever read like Harry Turtle Dove. And that's or all he does. Greg Baird does that too, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, there's, uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, the guy that wrote like the Lost Legion and all, very alternative history type stuff. Right. 
But he he had I can't remember the name. Of, Turtle Dove did a series where what if Germany was able to stay with Europe, force a stalemate, and they owned Europe? Like what would it be like in the 1980s or whatever? So that that aspect of Man in the High Tower I really liked because it was alternative history. Like the eastern part of the United States was owned by Germany, the western part of the United States uh, was owned by Japan, and kind of that even all the intrigue that was going on in the show was like. Now there's two big players left, and they're even starting to square off with, like, what's the next step? How does one take over the other to leave one player at the table? Yeah, I, I really like that aspect of it, too, is that, yeah, they showed that, you know, they're, you don't have any true allies. And I think you could say that, you know, in current— I feel like that every day. <laughs> every day at work. <laughs> every every day. day. Uh, but it's yeah, it's the tension and the cultural differences the, the between the Germans and the uh, Japanese. I, th- I thought it was really it was really interesting for a pilot. You and know, it, it'd be interesting how long they can take it. The, the, what a, with audiences, something for me would be how long can Americans watch a show where the Americans are lost lost. Right, but there's right. the 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 whole aspect of uh, that they talked about. They gave hints of. You know, like this is reverse of what happened in actual history. So they talked about uh, the landing at Virginia Beach as opposed right. to D-Day in Normandy. Um, that there's this, you know, the, the American roots for the underdog and the, you know, the, the beginnings of the, the American under- underground. Yeah, yeah, like the French <clears throat> Resistance or or something along those lines. And that to that's compelling. That's pretty compelling. But it. Is it just going to be? Have you heard if it's just going to be a four, a miniseries? I think four or? four episodes is, is what I'm, I th- I think the speculation is about. I don't know that they've specifically said we're going to do this and such. Yeah, because uh, I read something uh, from I think it was like 2013 that they were talking specifically um, four episode miniseries. But you know, they want there's that want to create content. So will they try to make? to stretch it beyond the boundaries of what it really can sustain or, or what? Yeah. Some Paul, of the other, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and Paul, you're in the video game industry. So, you yeah. know, with the idea behind, um, how would the American public take it? If America was kind of the suppressed, uh, you know, we, that another country had taken over us. Well, in a lot of video games, some of the recent ones that have come out, the Call of Duties, a lot of that is, you know, Russia has come in and started to destroy some of these American cities. And oh, it's this yeah. idea of... The how, Red, Red Dawn sort of idea. Exactly. Right. And how does the American, you know, how, how do the, the soldiers and the country as a whole come together and unite? And so I don't know, I haven't seen this particular show that you guys are mentioning right now, but how does it follow along that that plot line is it is it more of a trying to get the american people to back and you know get some sort of uh buy-in from the american people of this is what we would do in the event that germany would take over us well and and that was sort of the and it's i don't think it's too spoilery but uh we're talking about there's an underground resistance movement and they have something in their hands i'll say that could cause cause some stir up some foment amongst the masses that are being oppressed right now. So uh, that's as far as I'll say about it. And that's sort of, and it's just a pilot. So that's really, they just hint at sort of the beginnings of threads Mm -hmm. for a lot of things. So um, FY stirring up foment is like one of my hobbies. (laughs) 
Is that, is, that a, is, that, is that like a certificate degree or, or can you can you get that associate. online? He's got a medal. Yeah. It only you takes know. a couple of years of heavy drinking. Blue ribbon. Yeah. You know. it just, everything just says online that it's been picked up for a season. Okay, Airplanes. so they yeah they're non-committal. If it's hugely it's successful, like you can guarantee it will be picked uh, up for twenty-two go. seasons. But, uh, <laughs> but that's the funny thing. I was re- in some of the articles I was reading after I watched it. Um, their work. One of the executive producers is, um, I believe, the uh, the trust foundation that handles Philip K. Dick's stuff is called Electric Shepherd, right. and mm. uh, they have an executive producer that is working very closely with. Uh, Ridley Scott and all of the and the creative team for this project. So the the foundation that handles his material is very closely involved. Yeah. Well, they don't want to. Um, what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger flick? Terminator. Uh, no. Throw the, Mama from the Train. No, that's the wrong. That's, that's Eraser. Kindergarten no. Cop. The one that's oh, based. The one that's based on the it's Philip not a K. Tuba. Dick. Uh, Philip Dick uh, book. Um, they they remade it. Yeah. Oh, uh, re- no, what's the Total one? Recall. Yeah, yeah. Total, Total Recall. Yeah, Total Recall. Total Recall. That's yeah. what they want to avoid, because that movie was shit. With Arnold Schwarzenegger and Susan Sarandon. That's a Sharon. classic. It's a Sharon Stone. It's actually, Stone. I was going to say, it's, it, it, you know, you may Not call it Susan shit, Sarandon. but damn, there's a ton of people I know there's a lot love of that like, movie. The yeah. difference between the, the what the material was used to make and made a phenomenal movie Blade Runner and a total shit movie, Total Recall. Now, the, even the remake was way too actioned up because that's you got to do that for the most part today. If you're not going to go to TV, it's shit has to blow up every five minutes. <laughs> right. The, no the, the, the Michael Bay Michael Bay isms. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because they like that's why all the American cinema today that gets released to the to the movies is it's a bunch of blowing up shit because they don't make movies for the American audience. Like, if it happens to do okay in the United States, that's all well looking good. for the worldwide market. Worldwide. In India, Japan, oh, Europe. Yeah. They want to see American sh- movies that shit blows up. And, <laughs> Every and, five seconds. Yeah, so they spend $150 million blowing shit up, and it makes $200 million in the United States. But it makes $200 million in Europe. Right in China and two hundred million. It, in it India. makes like uh, you know one point five billion worldwide. Right. So <laughs> just the 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 thing to do to make money is to crank out the shit, the Michael Bay stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the um, that's the interesting thing about looking about how real effects uh, uh, is trying to market their films. So the first film that we did was Free Birds. And that got into the is that Chinese freedom rock man. Yeah. Like a, we'll turn it up, turn man. it up. It's a uh, time traveling Thanksgiving turkey, basically. Yeah, <laughs> but that got God, into. God, I'm so sick of seeing that same premise in all the movies. <laughs> Turkeys again, but they they Talk, was able, talking turkeys. Uh, they was able to get that movie into the Chinese market, and the Chinese market is a tough nut for production companies to crack right now because it's you know communist state run and they say they have a very heavy hand on what is act has access to their 35 like 3500 theaters right or maybe no it's just dumb and it literally that's only like 10 percent of their population yeah the rest of it is still living like it's 1150 (laughs) right you know i mean what will that market be worth you know 100 years from now when it all like the cinema, they all have cinemas down there. Well, they and VHS all, when finally. they all have Wi-Fi. Yeah. And all, all these... I'm watching Time Traveling Turkeys <laughs> on VHS. Well, and all, all these, all these, all these, um, all these production companies 
are eyeing how they can get in bed with the Chinese market because, and they have to make stuff that the state says is this is it, okay, this is not okay. It can have no Yankee imperialism, well, right? Even because that's what that's what killed you know the the what did Mao call it the soft bullet you know the uh, uh, Western um, uh, culture right. is what put the cracks in in communist Russia and that's you know that's how that's a big part of it you know Reagan liked to take full credit for it but that's bs <laughs> it was it was a culture so um and the 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 chinese thing it's so weird the stuff they find objectionable like obviously i play i play obviously everyone that listens to this podcast and that, that mean everybody in the room knows that pl- i play wow world of warcraft and they couldn't release that in china until they took all of the skeletons out of it like there's a race um, the the forsaken that are undead and they're half skeleton half like flesh and stuff, but they couldn't release that in China until they fixed that because in China it's like a, a, considered a horrible thing to see like a, the bones and a the half dead and the skeleton and everything. It's, it's so the a cultural that, cultural thing. It's yeah. really weird. Like y'all's new movies, I, they even released that over oh, there. Given yeah, that, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's not gonna fly over there. No, the, yeah, the, <laughs> too, many, uh, too many dancing skeletons in that. For well, sure. the Book of Life, and you know, I didn't know. I always wonder. It's like, why didn't they? Why couldn't we get into the Chinese theaters? And they never really talked about why our first movie got in there, but the second one didn't, and that explains it. Because yeah. yeah, like half the movie is dancing skeletons. Dancing skeletons. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a huge taboo, yeah. and and like literally, like I think all. Uh, you know, with if you think about this, at least in terms of an American, the stuff that you see, you, um, there's a lot of the skeleton stuff in the the Mexican culture, right? Sure. Where that was all verboten in in China and it can't be done. Yeah, because of the way it's per- portrayed in the in the Book of Life, Greg, you can look verboten up later. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's uh, I got it. uh, the the skeletons, you know, the Day of the Dead is part of Mexican culture, and it's a very positive thing. It means your family right. remem- yeah. remembers you. It's a connection. It's That's a connection. Your shirt is pretty much exactly that. That's... Yeah, and it's 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 very you know. He's look at that skull. He's grinning. He's I mean, happy. That's nice. He's right. happy China. My ancestors happy and me. dead. That's right. I mean. So does that mean that Walking Dead wouldn't go over very well? Over? I, don't, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would assume so. Damn, that's interesting. I, I learned something. There you go. Yeah. Learning experience. On that's the, that's the entire reason we're gathered here today is to learn stuff. So <laughs> what of the uh, inebriated. Uh, talking about uh, Man in the High Castle and you, there's others. I think there's five from that article, five that got picked up by Prime. What are the... Uh, have you seen the rest of them? The ones that I got picked up? I have seen a couple. Let me back up here real quick. Um, of that series, the only ones that were greenlit were Mad Dogs, which was the very 40-something caper type deal. I didn't watch that. I didn't really understand. Don't they, don't they go to like South America and then uh, all these secrets start spilling and they start backstabbing yeah. each other or something like that? Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, the Stinky and Dirty show, which is... Um, I'm assuming that's you guys kids, would that's love a, that's it. That's a kid's, a kids show. They, they picked up a couple of uh, kids' and programs. And just add magic. Uh, the, the stuff that over the over the time period that they have picked up is Bosch, uh, Transparent, Mozart in the Jungle, whatever that is, Alpha House, Betas. Transparent's that big one that just uh, won a couple of awards, right? Yeah. Oh, well, that's the transvestite one. Yeah, right? yeah. The uh, big fan. The uh, the the, uh, uh, the dad from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And he. What is this called? Transparent. Transparent. I don't know about this. 
Yeah, it won't. Uh, Ginger just woke up. Are you yeah. guys talking about Danny? <laughs> yeah. What? This sounds like this is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that. lesbians, trannies, drinks. <laughs> yeah, thundership. I feel like no. everybody's thundership. Really is that what I heard? <laughs> that that comes <laughs> after the show. Oh, on, okay. I think it's available on Netflix. I think I saw it. Just thundership. It, or uh, transparent. Transparent oh, okay. is transparent. is is Amazon Prime only. Is it? Yes. Yeah, it's Maybe one it's of their originals. Yeah. I mean, it would. I think it would be weird if they allowed Netflix to show it. I think it's probably where I, I get sometimes those two confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get confused easily. Uh, I went to the monster truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, it's all the moonshine that's made in old radiators you know, that you've You know what's funny, Paul, about that is Ginger and I just, was it last night, night before last? We were wow. talking about, I told her, I said, hey, Monster Jams this weekend at uh, Cowboy Stadium. And she's like... I you couldn't pay me to go to that. You know what? Exactly. You know there what? is no amount of money that that you could give me to go to that. And um, I, I don't. Exactly. You know, every everybody has every group has their you know things of basketball, football, whatever, smashing giant vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really entertaining. It was a well I bet, done I production, bet it was, yeah. and those kids. Absolutely love oh, for destruction. Nicholas, boy, his it age. Was, I'm giving you a pass only because you have a kid. Yeah, and, a boy. and you took him. Yeah, it, it was he. It was it was part of his you know his birthday present yeah. stuff. So. so he's he's your beard. You can go to these events and say, "Man, exactly. Nicholas loves this hey, stuff." I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I gotta take my kid to this. Yeah, but I, I swear to God, I wish y'all would have been seen that guy spike that cigarette last night in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, oh, hell no! Man, he went he went from zero to like 115. <laughs> In like nothing. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm out of a drink. We're at time, so let's uh, take a break and uh, make some more drinks. And for the and second time, Paul is or about, not. Mm, <laughs> still yeah, has yeah, more Paul, than half of his drink yeah. there. Yeah, man, I got to drive Are a child. Still, home. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that is true. Come on, yeah. might have yeah. to give you a work quota if you don't on. finish your drink. Yeah, I got to drive a child home. I don't want to take lewds and get drunk. <laughs> man, there is only so much crack you can smoke. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back.
So glad. It was it was expensive to go to that. It was like sixty four bucks for tickets what? for me and Nicholas. And then I dropped you know another hundred dollars you know on buying stuff for. I am about to like. And it was four bucks to buy those fake buck teeth. <laughs> I, I bought about a hundred dollars worth of those and just distributed them within the audience. I said, "Here, this is a fill-in. Here's three ninety nine to get my teeth punched out. Here's two more teeth than you have, ma'am." <laughs> What's, I like, what's I, the going rate these I, days for I like, teeth? How much is it per tooth? Please tell me you got a t-shirt from that. Uh, I got one for Nicholas. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> or at least a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's only on a the... a bunch it, of phone numbers. <laughs> it's, a, it's on the inside of my anus, so nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his proctologist is like, so you're in the, the monster truck. You went to Monster Jam 7? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went, I went in for my prostate exam, and he said, who the hell is Sweet Pickles? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back, and we've uh, had another round of uh, libations. And Ginger, I think you've upped the amplitude on these yet again. <laughs> yeah, I had to ever add more juice into it because I was just like, oh, that, that is hardcore yeah. liquor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like firewater woman. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just straight gin. Like. It's not good until you cry. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's like, it's like watching drinking and sex. It's a, it's an exact rule. That's it's, the first rule. It's it's, it's funny with it's the no way until you cry. The way yeah. the way Ginger makes drinks. It's like watching track and field in the Olympics and they're doing the high jump and they say, "No, just take that up another <laughs> another foot." Yeah. The the the, the athlete from Ethiopia can jump that. <laughs> well, she turns Thank to me. And she just gives me the look. She's like. This might be a little strong. And I, and I take a sip, but that's a little strong. <laughs> yeah, he's he was over here with a big lighter. He, <laughs> Flambe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Greg, I do, who I do prefers one. to be called Greg Alicious. It's his stage name. How about Greg Topia? Greg Topia. Um, he's going to go next. He's got some stuff he wants to talk about. I got some stuff in the things. And uh, it's funny. When I came in, I had an entire... I have a binder. I have, you know, basically a notepad. Binder? Been, damn near killed her. I know. <laughs> I've, been, I've been writing down I've been writing down all the hilarious After jokes. After binding comes torturing and killing, right? <laughs> BTK. BTK. <laughs> but I've been writing down some shows. You know, Luther was on there. Um, Lex Luther. <laughs> Lex Luther. Uh, um, you that's know. when I first thought about that was. I, that's what Superman I was. Superman spinoff. That's I was. What, that's a Paul saying. When, when, during the break, I, I was not. just saying that I heard the name and I was like Lex Luthor, of course, because he has. Or, or are we going back to the Reformation and uh, nice. Martin Luther? <laughs> nice, <laughs> right? Martin Luther. He, well, let me just nail these theses up to this door and see <laughs> yeah. what happens. Right. So <laughs> Protestants. Let me, let me go ahead. I'm going to Google this because I, I don't want to say this without it being exact. What Martin Luther King. Martin Luther's first book was called Martin Luther King <laughs> Jr. Ninety fourth, he had a whole bunch of roads named after him, and it was magnificent. He got a little testy against the Jews there at the end. Of that. I, well, no, I think it was his first one. But go, Greg, go. All right, so I wrote down a couple of different ones, and as we were going, I was thinking to myself, "What's a show that I've been binge watched more than once?" And all right, anyone here a Joss Whedon fan? Yes, yeah. Firefly. Oh, hell yep, yeah. that's oh, where I'm going with this. So I think you're I'm in a room full of fire. Oh, fans. excellent! That's my people. My people. Brown, brown coats brown, around. Brown, brown coats, coats around. All right. It's so, in the lost record. <laughs> oh, it's in the lost records. We we actually let's, let's bring it back. We did to talk life. about it last week. We talked. Uh, we didn't go into Firefly at all, but we realized last session mm-hmm. that we uh, recorded that it's been like. 
Over 10 years? Yeah. Over 10. It was 2002, 2003. I had to look it up on here. Yeah. 2002, 2003 oh, since wow. that. Well, 13 years. And you you mentioned something about um, shows before their time, or at least before Netflix, or any sort of program to pick them up. Sort of groundbreaking. That, right, right, that right. is absolutely Firefly to the T. Yeah. I think I made that comment last session. I don't know if it was in part of the law sessions or not, that if Firefly was on today mm-hmm. and stupid Fox canceled it... Ugh. Netflix or you know um, Amazon Prime, somebody would have picked it up. Picked oh, it Netflix up for sure. would be all over. Well, it. and that's sure. that's the thing is that because um, when I I first found out about it in 2006 from a coworker, mm-hmm. and she let me borrow the her DVD set, the box set, and I was like, "This is great!" And it's like what 13 episodes? Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 13. And what did Fox do when they originally started airing them? What they did they do? Broke them apart by weeks at a time. No, they, they showed and they them out of order. Out of, yeah. out oh, of out order. Of order yeah. They showed them out of order. Just why? Executives of Fox are just because they 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 didn't you know that I think they started with the train robbery. Well, some yeah, as the first the, episode, the train job, the train job because the, the dumbass executive watched them and said, you know, I kind of like this one. Yeah, I think this, I think this one's the, the best one. Let's put it on first. Yeah. I mean, it's just a show that it was so prime for having such a great run, having so many different side stories. I mean, they were setting it up for all these different side stories. And I took a look at just the dates, the aired dates. If you want to get a good laugh, just take a look at the dates they were aired and how far apart some of those were. And it's like, oh, we wait until the Super Bowl happens. Then we're going to show another one. It's oh, like they was trying to actively kill it. <laughs> it's more I think they or less like the night it came for... on three times as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, if you're hunting for time <laughs> slots, it's my take me out in the field and shoot me. Uh, this show is dead. It's yeah, the worst sure. injustice that's occurred since they canceled Barnaby, Barnaby Jones <laughs> <laughs> or Calamity Jane. Yes, Let, let's reel it in a little bit. And say maybe Arrested Development. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean yeah. this this show. Am I the only one that's ever watched Barnaby Jones? I think no. Oh, hell, I used to watch that back in the day. Okay. Hey, what about no? Let's go a little further back than that. How about Cannon? Frank, oh yeah, Frank yeah. Cannon. I was all over Cannon. Is that Darius? Is that Darius's brother? <laughs> right in the time <laughs> period of Rockford Files. Yeah, no, Rockford Files came out. Hey, could, yeah, could we let bomb. Greg talk a little? Oh, bit? oh, oh right. sorry, <laughs> sorry, Greg. Manix, Manix. This is not yeah, a one man show. The, the, the third, the, the third set is the bitch because that's when everybody's a little bit liquored up. (laughs) So, lesson learned, go first. Yeah, Yeah, you better go first. Yeah, I need to get a little liquored up myself to be able to talk a little bit about it. It wasn't even on my list when I first started, so... Getting liquored up wasn't on your list? Oh, that was on my to-do list. That's a requirement for this podcast. Binge binge drinking, right? So, Greg, what? Binge watching. Our sister podcast, Helm by Ginger, is binge drinking. (laughs) So, uh, Greg, what? Meemaw's weekend intoxication. <laughs> Meemaw. Here's to Sundays. <laughs> Daddy, get the blanket. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, what is uh, about Firefly? What is the thing that you love the most? So, I think the, for me, I, I love the idea. The sci-fi scene is just really where I live. So, I love watching shows that are all about the futuristic idea of what's going to happen with the U.S., what's going to happen with the world. What are we going to do once we run out of all of the things that we can mine on Earth? Where do we go next? So, the fun part for me is seeing all of that unknown. 
seeing you know the different worlds they go to all the different things those worlds are good at all the different diseases that happen on those different worlds and just seeing how does the human race start to evolve and figure out how to handle all that so i i think my biggest draw to firefly and to serenity if for those who you know, listening to this podcast, the, the people in the room. Still a fan. Yeah. I mean, it's just all those different things that you can see. Every aspect of the human race that has to be challenged. And you see that, you know, we have to figure out what are we going to do? How are they going to get people to stop fighting each other? And they, they try to do all these experiments. And I mean, for me, that thought that, that really brought me back to like, that's the Holocaust. They're trying to like manipulate people's genomes to figure out how can we control them. And so seeing that this isn't just, this is like the human condition just all over again, having you're, you're realizing that this is going to possibly happen in the future. People will try to make them get better. And and their their premise was that the United States and China were the only ones that came out on top on that. Yeah. And that, that I was, uh, that's what I was just about to mention is that that ties into what we was talking about on the last set with Blade Runner Mm -hmm. is that the whole idea that Ridley Scott was talking about with the uh, screenwriter in an interview one time is that, um, Blade Runner is post-apocalyptic. Is that bad shit went down, and then that is very much influenced the Asian themes that you see. Is mm-hmm. that Asian culture came out on top in a certain amount of ways, and the same thing ties over into Firefly. All this, the Chinese yes. language that's in in everything that they talk about. Yeah, the do. characters now say you know when they they utter curses in Chinese mm-hmm. and uh, the, I thought that was really interesting and you could see it in the uh, the set design um, I thought it was really you know the whole idea of them being this this band of scavengers mm-hmm. is very much ties into the space western idea of like Star Wars and things like that you know ragtag group of misfits like uh, Han Solo and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it was to me when I first watched it because I completely I'd never heard of it until rightfully so with what the fox yeah, did thank, to it thank i mean you, fox. Was, yeah. yeah we stuck a fork in that turkey <laughs> how do we make millions i don't know <laughs> so and that it was and i got to watch it in order and i think to me i i like it for what it is now and people keep on calling for a comeback there's no way it's coming back at this point no. nathan fillion has every, the every the lead nor uh, should castle. it really yeah. it shouldn't come back no. it's at this point it's like people the exercise uh, regime that nathan fillion would have to get on to come back <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> well there's a there's a all actors have a shelf life we talked about that last right. uh, you have a window, last session a window of opportunity well, and with another josh whedon buffy Mm-hmm. Is Spike that everybody wanted Spike to have his own spinoff, and he said in an interview a couple of years ago that that ship has sailed. Yeah, if they couldn't have done it within, passed. yeah, he said I could have handled it. Probably have done it within like five to eight years after the show went by. I could have, as an actor, I could have handled getting into the physical shape to be plausible as a an aging vampire. But he said, "Now there's no way." Yeah, he I, says, "I've aged," and you know, he he doesn't Do want to. Vampires age. Uh, I think they. Ooh. I thought that was the whole. They like, sparkle. Yeah. They sparkle. I know they don't. sparkle, and they like so, uh, uh, my favorite teenage vamp- girls. Yeah, who don't? Um, <laughs> and that's for posterity. <laughs> so yeah, so my one of my favorite vampire movies is uh, Near Dark. No, no, no. 
God, that is a good movie, though. Excellent movie. Uh, what's the movie I'm thinking about? I think Ginger's uh, alcohol libations. <laughs> Where? Oh, Near Dark is. It's finger licking good. <laughs> is that a vampire movie? Yeah, Near Dark. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Hey. That's uh, that was done by uh, James Cameron's uh, girlfriend. That wasn't in a, isn't that a Galian Heard uh, movie? That, that sounds about right, but I think so. Oh, I think it, it, was one of, I think it was one of her first. I'm, first I just films. It up and Bill, uh, Bill Bill Paxton, of course, is. Famously in that. Okay, so what movie? And uh, and uh, not only Bill, it's uh, like the, it's like a lot of people from uh, Oh, it from is Terminator. It is, it is in your It's dark. Bill Paxton and uh, but they never Lance once, Henriksen is the dad, and they, right? And they never once say vampire in the movie. No, huh? Right? Okay, it is near dark. Yeah. So like Walking Ginger, Dead, you not haven't zombies, destroyed my brain walkers, as of yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, still I mean, working on it. I know. It, it, to tie back to uh, Firefly, it's the Reavers. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not it's not the Walking Dead. Yeah, it's not zombies. It's not zombies. It's yeah, reverse, which they, they have more of. They're they, not even really undead. They're just well, they're like Mad Max sort psychopath. of. Yeah, yeah. Right. and psychopath. they have the medical backing of you know why this actually happened. Right, right. not just it's kind of like in that way. I am Legend had that medical backing of why they became basically. Which, thank God, Serenity means. was made so we would understand like half of that universe. If that movie wasn't made, yeah, true. we would still be speculating. What were the Reavers about? What was going on? What was the drive? I watched Firefly first and then went back. I think I watched it out of order. Well, Serenity oh, came Serenity. out many did you years ago. Yeah, Serenity, I think, was yeah, like I think we No, I think we watched think Firefly and then Serenity. I did it backwards. You watched Serenity first? Oh, you watched the movie, the movie first? No, I watched Firefly first. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the movie way, comes years went, later. Yeah, okay. Like, he had to really fight. And then his, one of his main right. drivers, not only to show that he could do actually good work post or after Buffy, that... Um, was to explain a lot of that stuff. He's like, all these characters are hanging out there. No one understands what's going on. It was to tie up a, a whole bunch of thought, And there was a genuine profit potential oh, for sure. that they but saw. It, it Fan didn't, base it for didn't, that. It, yeah. they, yeah. it became cult-like. Money. money. Yeah. Yeah. And it is still going strong oh, today. Brown coat uh, conventions are still... Uh, if you ever watch Castle, like Nathan Fillion is the lead character well, in Castle, obviously. Castle and, yeah, and, and she ever goes missing, uh, goes to me. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in his uh, Halloween episode, he throws on the entire Malcolm Reynolds album. Oh, and you could just hear... I love it. You could hear love the, it. the squeaking of fanboys and girls. Yeah. Oh, oh, his daughter comes out. I, if I remember that episode correctly, his daughter comes out and is like, "What are you trying to be?" or something like that, making fun of like, "Yeah." yeah. And that, that, but that's a whole tongue in cheek. Uh, I love. I, I do love that show. Yeah. I love Nathan Nathan Fillion. He's Everything a, he's, he's done, I'm a big fan of. And he was Nathan Fillion. He was actually this is gold. He was in <laughs> a few episodes as this psychotic preacher in Buffy. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. And he was, I mean, that was, he was not a fun character. He was not a fun boy. <laughs> not, yeah. not a nice he guy. Was, he was not a nice guy. And, he was and very. And had to beg him to play in Firefly. He's like, I'm not, I'm a happy-go-lucky dude. You keep casting me in these, like, dark, badass characters. That's not me. I'm happy. Like, Castle, yeah. Nathan Fillion is going to work and play in himself. Right, I mean, yeah, a version of himself. Yeah, and, and he's, he, in the, the, Interviews I've seen him in, he just goes on and on about like they had to. He's kind of like plead uh, me. He's like, I don't want to do that. That's not me. I'm not even I, within uh, who I am as an actor. That's not within my range. He's kind of like uh, 
uh, Clooney in a way. He's very funny, practical joker. You know, charming the lady. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's a very funny guy. You I'm know. here just. To have I'm a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's my Paul? I'm still watching Castle. Then. Yeah. Oh, Castle is. Oh, no, and that that is yet that is yet another show that I've always wanted to try to watch. But I never did. But because it very it's, much is like, you how have, much time do you have? You have to watch Castle for what it is. I mean, you can't go yeah, in and think not, like no. And I, 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 I it's not a serious drama. It's, you it's know. because it's on network TV. You gonna, which is going to be something I want to talk about. You got to at right. least start at the beginning for at least the couple, first couple of episodes to get kind of a good well. The feel pilot for they it. had no idea it was going to actually make it on air. So the pilot is dramatically different than episode mm-hmm. two. Hmm. And the pilot is made a long time from, you can just tell, when you see Nathan Fillion in the pilot, he's super thin. It's right after it comes off of something. He's, <laughs> Did you just hit the yeah, mic? Yeah, but I, don't, yeah. I have a thing. It doesn't sound. It's a shock mount. It helped. So, and he played in the a pilot. Shock, a shockly mount. He's oh. a little. <laughs> Shocker mount. Hello. He almost comes off as like this rich perv guy in the pilot. Episode two, they've obviously received a lot of audience feedback. feedback yeah focus he, groups he's very much more the rich playboy likable person in right, episode right, two yeah. and and that it's good it's very much better for the series that they not took quite that as well and that mm-hmm. that sort of touches no base. he is he it, yeah. it's, but it's not it's the charm and the boyishness yeah. mm-hmm. of it tone, rather tone than down a little bit like yeah. listen bitch you about to get naked for me you know, well, that, yeah. that that touches base a little bit what we was talking about with amazon and netflix ordering these pilots is now that we're in such a connected age, you can get a lot more feedback as opposed to like the Nielsen's or something like that to where it's this very limited range company that you you never get to see the results. Mm -hmm. They put stuff out there and they want to see what people think before they invest their money. And I think that's a really smart way to do it. Yeah, because, I mean... Hello, hashtag Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. You know, it's it. You can get feedback so much faster, um, and that you know goes back to what you're talking about with Firefly. Is that mm-hmm. what would it have done differently <sighs> if it had been produced now? Like Brian, I think Brian or Ron said, mm-hmm. if if Netflix or Amazon could have got their hooks in it, as opposed to Fox, oh, sort of sort of butchered it in a lot years. of ways. I mean, yep. yeah, and but like I was saying earlier, also. As a little capsule of what it was for the time it was, I love it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it was just enough that it leaves you pining for a little bit more. And but then, it's not, it's it. And they hence, didn't give it a chance serenity. to ruin it. They didn't give it a chance to ruin it. Well, Absolutely. it's the Jimi Hendrix syndrome. Yeah, what well, sure, we, we sure. talked about that last what could time. Have been, or the... So, what was your favorite episode? Um, within that series. Oh man, I didn't expect that question. Bounty Hunter. Okay, I'll it's go first. Not in your notes. All right, go for it. No, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking through the episodes in my head. To, to me, the, the Bounty Hunter, the, the Bounty Hunter episode, to me, and the uh, the Bounty Hunter for me was okay. The, best. the ba- so out of gas is my favorite. Far well, that's and away, a good one. Um, yeah, because I, the premise there's like the characters, not that they're one note, but they have they definitely have their own perspective, and Mal's perspective is. He's he's willing to do whatever. Like if you're in his circle, you're in the fucking circle, right? right yeah. If you're out of the circle, your family, you are out of the circle. Like all the times where he steps in and protects River, and all the, you know everything that's going on with that. Like out of gas is where he shows like he's willing to die to make sure that everybody that's under his care is safe. Yeah, that everybody gets away. 
you know, his safety is, is, is not even like, he just literally, when he makes that decision in the episode, it's like two seconds. He's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going this way. You guys are going this way. I'll stay and I'll man the ship, knowing that he's, it is, for me, it's not even a captain goes down to the ship thing. He really is, he feels that the best way for them to survive is the, is, holds the maximum risk for himself. Well, and he and is he's willing to go that way. As, a, as a, uh, a scavenger and somebody who, who runs goods for a, a living, he calculates. Are you talking about yourself? Or? A, yeah. It's, <laughs> when I'm smuggling cocaine in my ass. <laughs> uh, but for him, he so calc- you're talking about Wednesday. It's usually Tuesday, but I, I'm flexible. <laughs> uh, he calculates the odds on everything, like you're saying, and this is the best outcome. And he also has an undercurrent that he won't talk about, that he cares for everybody under his charge his 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 crew you know and it, it it is a certain amount to me at least the captain of the ship is that he you know he's going to calculate what is the best result but he has a heart too he doesn't like people to see it necessarily <laughs> he's very uh, emotionally stilted yeah you know it's like i'll call you a whore but i really love you <laughs> <laughs> I think uh well back to your question to me was uh you know which which of the episodes would be my favorite. I think I've been I'm thinking that Mrs. Reynolds that episode That's a great one. That one uh one because she's just straight up foxy. Um that's that's a fact. Oh, Mad Men girl? Yes. Yeah. What is her someone if you find it? Uh Booby McBoob Boob. Booby McBoob Boob. Uh she is a fox. So that that one, and just because uh, it also that's has a, that's her Scottish like, name also has also has a uh, girl on girl scene. So and, and Nara also, also has girl on girl. So scenes, we know so. which which episode is. Was that the character favorite. Nara? The no, that, Nara that was uh, and the all right the one that's the she's a redhead. Or, Kay- yeah, Kay- she's Kay- in Mad Kay- Men now. Kaylee, Christina no. Hendrickson. Christina Hendrickson. Oh, Kaylee. Okay. Christina. Okay. Christina. No, 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 no. That wasn't Christina Hendrickson. Yeah, she was. In, she was Saffron. Yeah. Saffron. Saffron. Yeah. Saffron. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's the one that tried to send them through that. Yeah. Also known as Booby McBoob. Booby McBoob. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah but, that but is true. The yeah. redhead that that he marries during the party, right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Christina Hendrickson. Yeah. Yeah. That's Saffron. Booby yeah. McBoob. Boob. Yeah. Okay. I put a crown on your head. I, <laughs> it was made out of hawthorn leaves uh, or some shit like that. It's like, did did you turn around twice? Did you touch my hand with your middle finger extended? I, We're married. I love that. And then he's like, how drunk was I? <laughs> you know what? You the the lines that you're quoting or the the preacher, what, whatever his name was, like what oh, an unexplored from Barney Miller, Shepherd, yeah. Shepherd, Shepherd from Barney Miller. What an unexplored character he ended up being because oh, you yeah. don't know. Like, was he like some special forces guy from yes. back in the day, or mm. you never know his yeah. backstory because that was supposed to be explored. There, there's a special kind of hell. Yeah, <laughs> and he you know the actress. Yeah, that was a great Ron. Ron English. Ron that, Glass. Ron Glass. glass English yeah. Glass. Wah, same wah, thing. So, yeah. So he was on Barnaby. Barney Miller. Barney Miller. Barney Miller. Barney Miller. Yeah. And he looked, I mean... With the fro. I mean, that's what you're talking... You're talking mid to late 70s. And to when on Firefly, he looked great. Yeah. He was a different actor in Serenity, too. That's one thing Mm -hmm. that... I don't know how many people pay attention to that, but... He's 69 years old uh, this year. When you you look between Serenity and and Firefly, it's a different preacher. Yeah. And the... uh, 
the thing I liked about Brian's like, not sure about like, this. He's like Brian, look it up. like Brian Doubtful. said, like Brian said for uh, his character is that you were very unsure. He was walking the path of peace, but you were very unsure about his murky background because he was sort of a badass, and I like that about him. But he was that's not true, Greg. Ron Glass was the shepherd mm. in Serenity. Yep. I'm gonna. Google it. I was looking on IMDb. That's Google does not it. lie. Google does. Well, not I'm lie. on IMDb, and we know that doesn't. <laughs> Shepherd Daryl Book, Ron Glass. Yeah, he was. A, I, and that's the thing about really great shows is that if you have a multitude of characters that could very easily be your favorite character, but just for different reasons, that they all complement each other and they bring something strong to each episode. And they work well together, and it's you know it's it's based off of what we was talking about showrunners. It's based off of really good scripts, and it's about um, about how they interact, and they're you know they're it's a craft. You know, it's just like anything. Well, what's weird about for Firefly for me is individually, there's no one in that cast that like stands out. Like, oh, they're this. They're all that. strong, but you bring yeah. them together, yeah. And definitely, it's the, definitely an ensemble. We yeah. have not talked about Jane. Oh, that's my favorite character. Oh, oh my family. God. I'll be in my, my bunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What is that episode that he was, I'm going to be in my bunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's it when they, uh, when uh, Inara was, Wait, uh, Jane the was going, yeah. No, Jane's the badass dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah he's Adam the, Baldwin. he's the, uh, the renegade. Inara is the one you're thinking. Yeah. yeah well, the, the, I'll be in my bunk episode is Animal when. Animal mother. Yeah. We, yeah. It, when they uh, go to the planet to meet up with, because prostitution is legal in this universe and state sponsored. And Anara is going to meet with a client. Everybody's expecting it to be a dude and it's a girl. And then it's like, oh, I'll, be my, I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> and that's, I, I cannot. Please preacher with the. <laughs> and any type of the comment forum, forum for the longest time. Right. That was anytime like, you that post was a picture, yeah, yeah. you you post a, a picture hot, of a hot or, chick or yeah. a hot situation, I'll, be in, I'll be in my bunk. And then here goes the fire. Subcomment, <laughs> subcomment. Sub <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Along with uh, the kittens perishing. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. That that sort of fell off. That was Fark. That was sort of Fark era. It was Fark era. The kittens. Yeah. We were talking the other day at work. Every like, time you all masturbate, the stuff God kills a kitten. As well as should. The, uh, anything you do, anytime you do anything, a cat should die. As the, so, and there went a certain part of the listening segment. Uh, we've just alienated all of the. We just analed everything. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, that's, hey, no. that's hey, the no. podcast we do later. Um, so, is anybody got uh, another show they want to talk about? Well, I was going to ask you. you well, Greg, did you did you hit everything on Firefly yeah, you, you want to talk about? I mean, I, we could hit on Firefly for, I'm sure, another four hours. Especially, hey, Firefly. especially <laughs> Greg, Greg, especially Summer Glau. Which oh, I followed. Summer. Like, I watched uh, the Terminator mm. series. She's, she's a bad oh, one. I lo- I, yeah, and I, I like that series. Though. I did too. I thought it was good. Sarah Connor can, Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There could, was, there was a thing. pick up an audience. There was a the thing that was How after, is that? after, How is that after Fox. Fox. It's evil Fox. Fox. Well, that's the that's funny thing about Summer Glau is that uh, that was the running joke is that after Terminator, every series that she's associated with, 
dies a horrendous death. <laughs> you know, she but, is a she is a show killer. Did you know a little trivia on uh, on Firefly that all the cast members there, whenever they'd flub a line, they would yell out like as a curse word, Summer Glau's name. <laughs> Summer Glau. <laughs> And it became like just a gag, and so they just kept doing it even through the Serenity movie. And she hasn't been. She was in a, a 2014 uh, TV series called Sequestered that I've never heard of, and she hasn't done anything since this. Um, what is a Sequestered? Is it still going? Or I don't know. Did it die? Did she kill that one too? It die a horrible like, death. God. Did she, did she summer glow it up? I think so. <laughs> She's an epitaph. So, summer glow. Yeah. What were we going to say, Ron? Oh, I was going to ask. Um, you mentioned earlier about bad HBO series that they've tried which to... Which there are many. Right. Okay, speaking of that, on that very subject, did you ever watch Jared watch any episodes of... Because they ran it right after, as a, as a lead-in, after the Sopranos finale episode. They ran it right after that, which uh, I think that was around... I think they timed it around the Super Bowl. Uh, they ran uh, their series then called... John in Cincinnati. You know, I didn't watch it. WKRP. It, it was in one Cincinnati. of those that completely. I could have sw- <laughs> those turkeys could I, fly. I totally remember that show, and I remember the what that guy is in now too. What guy? The, the main character in that show. The kid or the 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 dad. The John. Oh, the John in Cincinnati. Who yeah, ever John. played John in Cincinnati? Yeah, surfer guy. Now Tra- he's oh, Trapper Cleveland. Trapper John. He was the weird dude. The, yeah, the, kind of the but he's, mysterious. Oh, what is the show with um, Courtney Cox? Oh, Cougar the Town. Cougar Town. Cougar Town. He's the dude. That's in gone. Cougar that's Town. done. Yeah, that's gone. That's ending this. Is it already he's done? He's the or only the good scene? thing. In the it show may be ending this. That was ever. I never watched John in in Cincinnati, but wasn't it shot in California? Yes, Imperial Beach, California. So, like, so they, the, it is the seagulls ruined the Cincinnati show. Is that what you're saying? I, if no, I remember correctly, it's written by the same guy that wrote and direct uh, wrote and created. Uh, was the showrunner on Deadwood, right? Uh, I have. I I will be a hundred percent honest. I have never heard of this show, y'all. You really? You never heard of it? It's never. It's, it's terrible. It was a stretch. Well, and I, I don't. I don't have HBO either. We tried. So. I remember. Yeah, well, we, we we. What was we it about? Watched. It was about it was this about guy a, named John. It was about a a yeah. surfing family in Imperial Beach, California. I'm out. Yeah, It chronicled them and this mysterious stranger that showed up and basically had some type of you know special powers or um, of suckage you know, ESP or healing healing and and it was just and he was like he played almost kind of like a homeless idiot savant kind of dude walking around and. Was real friendly, but was it and, called Monk? No, 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 no. Was it called uh, <laughs> Of Mice and the, the Big <laughs> The Big Lebowski? <laughs> so was this was this done by David David Milch? He's the guy that did Deadwood. God, I want to see, and I loved Deadwood because uh, one of the many many reasons. But he would dictate. Like if you've ever seen behind the the, the show behind the series or whatever in a trailer. <clears throat> He's got a group of people around him, and he's dictating like what the dialogue should be. Like it should be X, Y, and Z, and it's very like De- De- Deadwood is a western. The dialogue is very like Shakespearean, very overdeveloped. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's very uh, and I thought, very theater esque. Yeah, and I thought that he went went to do what's the name of the show? John in Cincinnati. Yeah, I think John he did it. Yeah, I'll find it on there. It is. 
Have they tried to bury that turkey? Me, who's had more drinks, can find it for a while. I wish I was I typing in John H. I can't, I can't make my thumbs work. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca, <laughs> De, Rebecca De Mornay was one of the leads in it. It's, yeah, yeah, so li- this listen guy to this guy. I'm thinking of Brian Von Holt. Brian, Brian Von Holt. So listen to this guy. He worked on. Played this John. is Milch. He, he worked on Hill well, Street Blues. Butchies. L.A. Law, Murder One, which was good. NYPD Blue. He was the co-creator of NYPD Blue. Brooklyn South was me. Deadwood. He was the creator of Deadwood, and then he moved on to. It is jo- David. It is David Milch. Yeah. yeah, John in Cincinnati, and it killed his career. It was not a good show, but you wanted to try it. Get on right. the yeah, get yeah. on the mic, Ginger. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've had drinks. And then I'm sorry. It, he went. I'm, li- I'm listing at a 45 John degree in angle. Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm like drinking your face if I'm close. To you. <laughs> yeah. So he went from John in Cincinnati to Luck, which is the horrible of horrible. HBO oh my shows. gosh. Oh wow! Career killer. So a double kill, double double failure. Yeah. So that's all he could get together after John in Cincinnati was luck. So it's like bang bang, all awesomeness for twenty years, and that whole HBO factory, that HBO hit factory, like killed him. Dude, and that did you bring that up? Had Ed O'Neill from. uh, (laughs) Did you bring that up? Yeah, Ron, you just well, I've 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 heard we had such a great Firefly conversation. I've I've heard. I was trying to We're dovetail like into Brian's uh, HBO suckage. Uh, Listeners, yeah. do we want I've, to go back I've, to Firefly? I've heard, I've heard enough. I've heard it in the industry I'm in. I've heard enough stories of how quickly doors close yeah. in Hollywood. It is such a, a fractious environment of Uh-oh. people. We're retiring the notebook over here. Yeah, because all the put away. You have all these layers of executive levels, and then when. When leadership changes hands at a studio, they bring in their own cadre of people, and then all these projects that were greenlit, they're ungreenlit and shelved unless they're just phenomenal because everybody wants their own pet project and everybody wants – I mean, you can you can fall off the fresh list really yeah, quick. And if, whoever has the hot hand. You're either yeah. you're on it or you're, you're not. You're, you're yesterday's gone. news, easy. I was thinking maybe he was dead. That's how far he's fallen off. Oh, I bet he wishes he was. But he does uh, self-identify <laughs> as Jewish, which I was How in. morbid. Martin Luther's book was on the Jews and their lies that I was thinking about earlier. I don't even remember what we're talking about. That's where we're are at. You, are we, did we loop Take around? Oh, did we loop around the mind confidence? Uh, <laughs> what just happened here? The dad in uh, John Cincinnati was that actor Bruce Greenwood, who was uh, played uh, in, the, in, the, in the two Star Trek reboots. He was Captain, or uh, I guess Admiral at that time, Christopher Pike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A good actor, really good actor, character actor. Yeah. Are you talking about the, the cat that they was rolling around in the thing in the original Star Trek? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was like, he did In the reboots, dude. I, I, the reboots, I, gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I think uh, Ginger's garden weasel can act as good <laughs> as that dude. <laughs> the the two blinky lights on his chest, remember what, on the Why whole... do you have a garden yeah. weasel? I don't. I have this really cool sphere kind of thing that I got in Fredericksburg. The thing the thing that I stuck the spike up my nostril? Yeah, yes. and it's I mean, made I of a, I have a metal. great photo of that, by the way. Yeah. Up your where? <laughs> up my nostril. Oh, okay. <laughs> up the old address. That's what the, he likes the, to call his anus, by the We're way. <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny to tie into talking about series is that uh, my wife and I watched Downton Abbey. And I they have a garden the, weasel in front in front of one of the. It is not a garden weasel. It, they have the garden weasel on a pedestal in front. I was like, and every time I think of that, I look over at Nikki and go. <laughs> Series five. Well, I'll I just, just put his finger down. And, and leaned. Radio, uh, and leaned. Audio listener. Okay, That's right. okay I have a question. <laughs> yep. So, 
I don't really have a TV show to, although I do have something I kind of have gotten in. I didn't even tell you about this. Oh, geez. oh I, a secret in the marriage and veiled on the show. Something I, I have. A, I have a. Wait, 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 wait! Is this an all-girl show? <laughs> no, I have a really bad habit of starting something in the middle and oh, moving forward this, with it. it. Drives me insane. She will like turn on any movie, anytime on HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, whatever. I, you know, a movie that we've been wanting to watch, and she'll just play flipping. Well, I'm folding clothes. So I'm just going to watch something. Start a movie right smack dab in the middle of it. And something she's it. never seen or right, a TV exactly. show. Yeah, in media res. <laughs> I that is that would. That would freak me out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I have zero time, so that's the only time I can. Ginger the only way to do does that. not like exposition. She skips all that. I don't want to set she, up. I don't want to know what's really happening okay, here. Okay, so anyway. The, There's that establishing shot where they show, okay, the scene you're about to watch is in this building. Yeah. She always fast forwards it there. <laughs> this is the only way I get to watch TV. If I, I can't ever watch something at the beginning. Anyway, so oh. I started watching something that day, and it's on network TV. Which I have a little bit of problem with because I think network TV is crap. It is is crap. But it's something that's new, and there I've seen a lot of advertising for it. I think they're really trying to back it. It's Allegiance. Have you guys? Hope Davis is in it. Uh, Allegiance isn't that the one that's basically a ripoff of uh, the Americans? It is a, lo- a with very a, yes, similar yes, premise with a with a K. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's like it's like the internet things. Like you have to have yeah. things ending in a Z or. Okay, so the twenty minutes that I watched was pretty good. Did you start in the middle? So of course so I did. I watched everything in the yeah, middle almost. <laughs> I I didn't mind it, but I, at the same time I hate myself because it's network TV. And it's called Allegiance. 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 It's so new. It, it just, I think it just. I, I didn't can, hate it. What? Uh, what it just came out this year? So is it? Is it the Americans? Basically. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's got to be through like maybe. But I really like. I really did the like hus- those did, the, did the husband have a set of stones on him? I don't of, know. Like, I the only Americans. watched probably twenty or thirty minutes before I got busted by Ron, and it's like, what are we doing? Where we need to watch something on. Yeah, I mean, it, it just came out in, in this year, 2015. Yeah, um, it's got to be only one it or two horrible. episodes in. What, anyway. uh, what, uh, what stinky network was this on? Yeah, I don't know. You just turn on the TV, whatever it lands on. It's like Ginger plays it TV is. roulette, whatever I, I, it lands on. I think it's on. on NBC. I put all my money on the black, and I got it. Speaking of, because you almost said the, the full name of the uh, actual show, The Blacklist. Now, Oh, this is this is one that I started watching when I was up in Omaha uh, visiting family over the holidays, and I have. There's a big monster truck thing that goes on up there. Big monster <laughs> truck, yeah. Just did big, you did big you rally see? convention? You get all of the hicks from every state come to Nebraska. They have a they have a little a meeting before where they can swap dentures. Exactly, and, it doesn't feel any different than it was he, before they got there. So I I watched the first episode of the Blacklist. How deep have you dove into that show? Because it struck me, the first episode struck me as a bit over the top. It's a little. A little it's, the plausibility uh, factor, I was it's like... It's all about James Spader. Yeah, yeah. well, the plaus- to, yes. me, to, to yeah. me, the plausibility factor was... Denny Crane. It was, it was a little <laughs> bit love, iffy. Love Denny me. Crane. It's, it's one of those shows that I... I I think I could get into it. I uh, watched, like, the first 
it was only when I was in Omaha that I watched like any of the show, and then when I got back, I was like, eh, I got better shows to watch. Right, you know, I can catch up on other stuff. That is my that is my every every time. I mean, yeah. we talked about this last time. I turn on Netflix and I'm like. I don't know what to watch. <laughs> oh my god! I just I I'll just sit here You'll for an hour. I'll waste three. my I'll, I'll waste an hour trying to figure out what the fuck I want to watch. Yep. And then I like okay, I got to go to bed now. <laughs> I'm not like Brian. I'm getting my crib, get my crib, and like I shall, I shall get my three hours sleep, oh. and then I shall be alive. <laughs> <laughs> and you the saddest try, thing, yeah, you have to have dirt in your coffin or something like that, and yeah. it's like very refreshing. Earth, and like you, uh, you, Gary Oldman and Dracula. You guys yeah. should juice. That's really the secret. <laughs> Well, the worst thing to do when you get on Netflix is try to actually find like a movie because that will just make you depressed when you see just this shitty array of oh, movies. Forty they years they of they have shit on there. Suckage out there. Oh, it's so okay. Well, they, 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 I want to see a movie if that you're talking was about, out a year ago and has been on video for the last six months. Well, uh, if you if you, if you have streaming only, yeah, good luck. Yeah, right. But that's, uh, that's we what I'm saying, yeah. we recently uh, picked up. It add like I think it add two dollars to our bill to get the one DVD. Right, one DVD per month. Oh, well, one DVD at a time. Oh, right, so right, Redbox right, yeah. and uh, basically Redbox yeah. because uh, we talked about this last time is that we the the bait and switch game that Amazon Prime does on did us on True Blood. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you want to watch the first four seasons? Great. Hey, you want to watch season five? Well, would you like to pay twenty nine ninety five for that? <laughs> right. And sucka. the bait and switch. Yeah, sucker. And I was like, I'm not paying two ninety nine for a fucking episode. I was like, oh wait, I can just get the DVDs, and it may be right. end up being cost a little bit more, but it's basically like I think Brian said last time, sort of fuck you. Amazon <laughs> <laughs> voting with your dollars, right? Paying, I mean, paying for your yeah, yes. I'll totally switch. Well, over and, to it's, and, and it's and it's the full it, Monty it, them versus the bait and switcher Amazon. Well, and that's that, that's I think that's it. Sounds like a lot of people don't like their game plan, you know, on the way they they present the product and the how obvious it is that they just want to lure you in and invest you into the into uh, a storyline, and then mm. now we're gonna charge you for it and it's to me i know everybody's got to make money right but it's to me that's it's just so obvious what they're doing at least hide it a little bit better i mean at least give me a hug before you <laughs> take me to take dinner, me to dinner. Come on. Uh, something at least give me the damn courtesy for <laughs> a, reach around. A, little, a little full metal jacket there there you go animal mother <laughs> back to the that's firefly so you've seen full metal jacket no no what? <gasps> Omg! Even I was gonna, I was gonna I like pause on it for a little bit, like kind of. Uh, but Ginger, Ginger's only seen it from the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true. She's, she's like boot camp. They went to boot camp. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah that's, they never went to boot camp in that movie. They were in Vietnam who, the who, whole time. Who, who Shut up, Paul. <laughs> this, that's not. This is not a. This is a prime example about Beverly Black. But it's not too. Not too buku. Say, who is Arlie Ernie? Little yellow sister. His first screen appearance, probably in a major way, was on in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, the guy who plays Jane on. Okay, had a ball one. Yeah, I'll be my bunk. Wait, that's a bald one. Yeah, not not related to the bald one. Oh, it's not. Many people on the planet remarkably are named Baldwin and not brothers and sisters. I mean, it's, too, yeah. you know, large family of 
It's a good assumption to make that any player. Sure, yeah. He's an actor and he is a bald one. I was like, I was like, damn, he's a big bald one. (laughs) (laughs) You're a a big fucker, aren't you? So that's my favorite line. Uh, Just a just a segue over to uh, from Green Green Mile. That's that's my that's my favorite line from the guy who. uh, was in Rockwell. Um, yeah, Sam Rockwell. He's, you're a big fucker, aren't you? <laughs> Before he knocks him out. <laughs> my, my favorite, I love that. My, I laugh every time I watch that movie. My favorite line from that movie, Sam Rockwell, as well, is, is "Why should we give you any of this Dr Pepper that we're enjoying? Because you got a big old Peter." <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite line. From that movie. <laughs> And they give him Dr. Pepper. So, like, that's my answer right. to everything now. Good, <laughs> good funny, enough. And that's the funny thing is I can, I can just hear the words coming out of his mouth. <laughs> why, should we so do, why should we do what you want to, Brian? Because i got a big old Peter. <laughs> that's, and, and speaking of Rockwell, if, if y'all haven't seen Moon... I highly I recommend. I no, highly no, recommend no. that movie. And it gets really good about halfway through Ginger, so you're gonna really, really like. Yeah. It. yeah. By the time you, you dial in, it is going to be running full <laughs> fucking tilt. I should have never said that. Yeah, I am so okay. glad you said that. I need. I need my two seconds. Okay. Okay. So you and I talked about this via text, but while I love movies and TV, my true passion is music. So or HR. No. Firing HR. people. No. So, <laughs> so my segue in tearing down hopes and dreams. <laughs> this is for your this, two seconds. Enjoy yeah. it. I have made a bunch for of children. For this forum fat. is is um, theme songs and music in TV or yeah or Mima into the mic. Oh, sorry, I get passionate about this. Um, and I, I actually have notes and stuff on this, but music in TV and 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 movies. So. Next time we'll do. We need to, okay. yeah, yeah. We need to segue that. into that a little bit of of what favorite you know. theme songs. So you should yeah. put some stuff together. No, I, 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 I like it. it. Like the thing what I was saying earlier. I think with, we were texting back and forth. If I remember correctly, like with Orphan Black has two fingers. I think they do the yeah. opening segue uh, music for that deal over the intro. Yep. There's tons of like really cool stuff to talk. And about. if you if you've ever seen Orphan Black, you will even if. You just kind of catch it briefly. You will remember that music. Yeah. Well, and you yeah. it, you talked about that last time, didn't you? About the it's, y'all talked it's y'all really talked y'all talked about the motifs for each of the the personalities, mm-hmm. and that's the sort of tying back to uh, the Firefly talk. Is that I believe the words for the intro song were written by Joss Whedon. Yeah, he wrote it. He yeah, wrote it. he wrote the that and the music. I think the, and they the, brought somebody. The, to sing I didn't it. know that. the The first time I heard the music, the intro music, I was like. What? It's good. It's well, really it's good. good, but it is like, what am I about to watch? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is you can't take the sky from me. Which is yeah. why what it, it's doing what it's supposed to do. I'm a leaf on the yeah. wind. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it is. Watch it's, and, and that's why, like Firefly, uh, and I, if you, I, Whedon had to be devastated when that was canceled. Every little nuance about that show was him. The sense of humor, writing the song, the script writing, the characterization, all that stuff was him. He had to be devastated. With well, that. I, and like I was talking about before is that I'm sure as a, as a creative blow, I'm sure it was really hard for him to watch them basically, you know, not kill it, but butcher it up. But how long of legs that that show has had and what a fan base it's built and what that has done for his career 
is as that you know if you look if you look backwards on it as an event you know in the time i'm sure he was like pissed off sure big time but now you know having some space from it how much it's done for him and i mean you know you look at his success with the avengers well yeah what's he getting for the next avengers script yeah a lot and he didn't. He, I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. as a limited release that he redid with a lot of the Nathan Fillion, uh, a Midsummer's Night Dream in his house. He did a. He did. I believe that was like, as, know, a, like as, a, as a play. Grasp for straws if you're looking at me. Yeah, look, uh, look, Brian. Could you look that up real quick? Greg hates Shakespeare. Body break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. body, well, body break is out here because he basically he retold the story in a mo- uh, you know Shakespearean story in a modern setting with a group of actors that he's worked with over the years. Right. And it was pretty... I mean, it was a very limited release. It was a small run. Yeah, Josh Whedon's Midsummer's Night Dreams, after Josh Whedon made Much Ado About Nothing, starring almost exclusively actors he had worked with before. That, much Ado About Nothing. That's he stated an interest in making this, but it was Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It, but uh, Jewel... Um, State, I don't know how to say her last name. Who was in Firefly was the main actress. Yeah, and uh, Nathan Fillion was it, and they they did it in his in his home, all in his home. Oh wow! It's very, I mean, it was very. He funded it himself. He has the money, of course, but it was very super low budget. Right. It didn't get a big run in theaters. It came. Oh my gosh! Leaf in the Wind. Alan Tudyk. I don't know. David Bournier's was in it. Yeah. From Angel. Mm -hmm. Um. Neil Patrick Harris. Hmm. Summer Glau. Oh, he, that's why you never heard of it, because Summer Glau's in it. Summer Glau. <laughs> Summer Glau. Ran it into the ground. Oh, my, my, friends, my friends like to call me Show Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Summer Glau. Ron Glau. would be happy to know that Alicia Dusku is in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, like I said, he picked people that he could get over there, have some glasses of wine, and just run with it. Right. And they yeah. would just they would just hey, run with it. Speaking of friends, let's do this. Yeah, and they and he picked people that he tends to pick people and continue working with them in his with his projects, Nathan Fillion for a prime example. And that once he sees something in someone, he continues with that whether they want to or not <laughs> but he you know he's a very he's I've he's a seen very something in you and i'm going to beat you down for the rest of your life <laughs> with making you do things i want you to do when you're on a ventilator I've, in the I've nursing home career so now you owe me yeah Fault i've seen iron and, uh, lung in your future sir yeah. and i meant to go see uh that sh- uh movie when it came out to the theater and i just i didn't get a chance to and i'm i'm sure it's going to it's out on dvd at this point so i need to Put it on my ever-increasing list of stuff, stuff to do. A little uh, Josh Whedon uh, trivia here, or a little something, a little tidbit. Uh, everybody here has probably seen, I think, in this room. I don't know about Greg, I don't know if you have, uh, the movie The Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Maybe caught it halfway through and watched the rest of it. <laughs> Speaking of from uh, Firefly earlier, we were talking about the Reavers. Anyone notice that the Reavers are in there at the end of uh, yeah. Cabin in the Woods? That yeah. they're a little well, all of those one yeah. of those uh, well, and parties the, involved there at the and end. And they're all his favorite horror things from movies or books or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that. Uh, uh, well, of course, Josh the, Whedon produced uh, Cabin in the Woods. Well, so the Cabin fine. Cabin in the Woods uh, it sort of had. Um, a dollhouse. It had a doll. It had a dollhouse sort of vibe to mm-hmm. it. True, yeah. too, as well. So interesting. Yeah, but the Reavers—that's the ones that are just like going crazy, 
breaking in there and yeah. going ape, whatever over everybody. Ape oh, stuff. Ape well, stuff. I had my glow stick. I thought you said ravers. I hit some ecstasy tabs and let's go. I got my pacifier, my glow sticks. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> oh, there's this, uh, <laughs> my <diaper>. this, uh, <laughs> this gif that's been going around lately uh, of somebody at a rave, of course, and they're, they are high as can be. And... Somebody has these glowing fingertip things that like glow in the dark, and they're doing all this stuff in front of this girl's face, and she's sitting there, and her eyes are rolling back, and she pops the pacifier in her mouth, and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, she is yeah. high." Oh, the early nineties. And on that note, I think we'll bring this episode to a close. Oh, wait a minute. Well, here's a little closing, little closing music here for us. Uh, we'll go out with. Uh, we're talking about music and series. My if, favorite. If you uh, play Happy Trails, I'm going to kill you. No, no. Bombardier, not the Hastings get out of the store music. <laughs> Happy, Happy Trails to you. No, no. This was from. It's like uh, a trigger warning. <laughs> this was from a, a series that we talked about last week. See if anybody remembers this, uh, this theme. Really cool. The music is from the, uh, the artist doing this. It's called The Handsome Family. And it's. Um, um bop. True Detective. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, so what is the... uh, How long can you play a a snippet before you have to pay a royalty? (laughs) About 10 seconds ago. (laughs) Ron owes those people (laughs) $42,000. And this is the episode that will never air (laughs) because of royalties. We're giving a little pub to the Handsome Family. There you go. I like the Handsome Family. That's far from any road by the Handsome Family. All right. Cool. Next episode, more music from Ginger on TV shows. And yeah, but uh, only music that starts oh. halfway through. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks for joining. Hasta luego. Bye. Bye.